are back yeah. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And this is, it's just us for the first time in like a long time, Big Ugly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice um, when we can get these like, you know, little special moments away. I don't know. That's I know. kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I like you and all. We're, we're, we're cool like that. Right, yeah, you know, yeah, but, like that. but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Not when that dirty. Back to, you know, how it all started. What was it, five years ago? Five know? plus years ago. It yeah. was uh, shortly after, yeah. I guess it was April five years ago because I was, I was just coming back from WrestleMania in Texas. The largest WrestleMania, yes. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm really, you know, I know they're doing AT&T Stadium next year, and they might even be doing it in two nights now from what I understand. So I don't care if they hit over 101,000 in two nights. I just don't want them to see them break that record in one night because, I mean, we're still in a pandemic here, and that's Texas. So who knows? I, I think the 101 will stand for a while. Yeah, you know, I'm actually pretty shocked. I can't remember if they made that decision. I feel like they made that decision to go back to that arena during, like, last year. I think they did. COVID. And so I'm just kind of shocked that they even wanted to go back there so soon. I get it that last year making that decision, you might have assumed 2022, this thing would be behind you. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's like having just broke that record in, like, 2016. and Right. Like, trying to get back to that big of a stadium. I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's like there were a lot of places to choose from without having to go back to the biggest arena. And uh, a lot of places that probably want something like WrestleMania in their towns. You know, the governments, they want uh, the revenue for the whole week and things like that. Nothing wrong with Texas. You know, I got no problem with that. But WrestleMania has been in Houston a couple times. It's been in Dallas a couple times. You know, uh, give, give somebody a chance. You know what I'm saying? We, yes. We've had – New Orleans a couple times in the past few years. We have Orlando a couple times. And it's kind of recycling the same four or five mm-hmm. spots over and over again. But we need, we need it to be in new places. And I get the revenue. I understand you need, you need a travel destination. You need where, you know, but still, come on. I mean, yeah. Minneapolis, Minnesota, they have a brand new stadium for the Minnesota Vikings. It's a wonderful stadium. They have a lot of, you know, food and drink and shopping around there. Now, granted, I never woke up and said, hey, I want to go to Minnesota um, well, for a vacation. I, no offense to Minnesota. But we have fans in 50 states, so we love you. We appreciate you. Right. But you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. but like, and you need a, a place where it has a dome or a climate where you can get away with having an open air stadium. Um, what, I mean, even though in Orlando we had like the, the tornado in the beginning of WrestleMania the first day. Um, just so happens that the first show after a year and a half after the pandemic, it's socially distanced and minimal uh, capacity, but still gets shut you know, by a tornado. Which, right. <laughs> but anyway, um, we went off on a tangent. First thing, Big Ugly. See, this is what you and I did for, yeah. you know, working yeah. at our uh, financial institution that we did. We just yeah. went off. I feel like in, to continue this tangent, I go feel ahead. like Maryland is poised for a go at WrestleMania. Hear me out. Oh, now, I'm, I'm ready for it. I feel like Baltimore – Baltimore is known as – it's a wrestling town. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a wrestling town. I feel, We have the Ravens Stadium. We could definitely use the tourism. You know what I mean? Uh, I, and, and here's the thing. It's like some people might say, well, the weather might not be great around that time, but they've done it in New York. And yeah, the weather's no different weather. if it's even worse. <laughs> right, exactly. So I feel In like that open-air met life that we did. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like we, we're poised to do it. I mean, but – 
I don't hey, know. It never I'm on board. You, you just convinced me. So you need to convince the decision makers yeah. in Baltimore. <laughs> you know, I know they got to take care of uh, Project Baltimore and they got, uh, you know, people, you know, with school fraud and they got, uh, you know, shootings and all kinds of other stuff happening. But it's not like this stuff isn't happening in every other state. Um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, now, we'll now, just to. But you got it, though. But, you know, even just this week, they had. Um, the uh, the FIFA the, the soccer people you know coming down to tour Baltimore to you know try to bring the World Cup of soccer 2026 into Baltimore now that's that's worldwide just like WrestleMania would worldwide you know sorry um, just like WrestleMania would be so I mean if they're trying to bring that big time event feel back to Baltimore try to build the tourism up try to get the crime rate down try to get the people back. Um, you know, we have a relatively good football team. We have for a while. We have a relatively bad baseball team. You know, we need something to drive the tourism, and that could do it. WrestleMania week, and, and like you said, this is a historical wrestling town. Um, Baltimore Arena, even though it's not, not the greatest arena in the world, it's had its share of legendary wrestling um, over 30 years, 40 years. It's amazing. Um, before we, before we uh, you know what, this is a great tangent. I love this. This is fantastic. Um, we may have a guest joining us, so keep an eye on that waiting room because okay. we're on Zoom this time, Big Ugly. Um, but I will tell you, uh, this is episode 98, on our way to 100. Um, wow. And uh, we're going to hit 100 by the end of the year because 99 should be yep. in October. Yep. And then 100 will be in November, December, the biggest Zoom meeting of all time. And you will have total control over that, Big Ugly, because you will see who's trying to come in. Yes. Um, so you'll know because it's going to be every uh, yeah. past I'll guest. I'll be monitoring the run-ins. Yeah. <laughs> run-ins and then you, you can mute them and you can, you know, uh, uh, that's going to be – we can't have 25 people talking at the same time. We just can't do it. But, um, hey, man, this is, this is awesome stuff. But I'm, I'm on board with you. You got my vote. Um, I want to shout out to CM Funk, the uh, king of non-social media, hashtag no hashtag. He's a busy man, couldn't join us tonight, but he sends his regards. Um, he loved uh, AEW Grand Slam from the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium last night, the first half of it. Uh, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, um, with a 30-minute Broadway no decision to start off the show, which was amazing because they can have 10, 15 matches come out of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's good storytelling. That's good stuff. Um, and uh, CM Funk is, uh, you know, big uh, AEW fan. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about AEW. But uh, also, Jam and Jason sends his regards. Uh, yeah. doing, doing, working hard. Uh, family's doing good. Everything's doing well. He's feeling better. Uh, but he sends his regards. Jam and Jason, yeah. as always. <laughs> Jason Justin Tucker, always a, a favorite. You know, Ravens uh, coming in with a huge win last minute for the second game they lost the first game uh so jason justin tucker should be halfway happy about that um i was I actually proud of your cowboys for the first for the first week yeah Big so, ugly. I, so i've been talking so much trash about the ravens <laughs> when it came to the chiefs because i was like they can't beat the chiefs like it, it's done like the ravens nobody thought they could beat the chiefs um, yeah so when they beat the chiefs I, I was very pleased i was pleased to be wrong Yes, Dallas, uh, we lost that first game to Tampa Bay, which I can't be mad at. We, that was a great game. Dallas put up a good fight against the Super Bowl champs who literally have every starting player back from their previous season that won the Super Bowl. And then we won uh, our last game. So I feel like Dallas and Baltimore, even though they may have lost their respective first games, I still feel like 
they show that they're off to some decent of a start. I think that both of them might have a decent season if people can stay healthy. That's right. Well, I mean, uh, the Ravens have been killed by injury. Have 15 or 16 people on the injured reserve list just in the last week of uh, – what was spring training, whatever it's called, you know, preseason. Um, and it's a lot of our first stringers. So we, we went toe to toe with the bucks and also, I mean, uh, we went toe to toe with the Raiders and we also beat the chiefs, um, with our second and third string guys, with the exception of, um, Lamar Jackson, who he's, he's doing, he's, he's pulling a Lamar, you know, he's, he's playing some, making some highlight reels. So he's doing his thing. Um, but yeah, NFL should it's some exciting games, some games down to the wire. I mean, there's fans back in the stadiums. Some of the uh, stadiums and places have vaccine requirements. Uh, some don't. Some have vet mask requirements. Some don't. Everything's different everywhere. But uh, whatever you need to do to feel safe and feel healthy, that's what you need to do. Um, but this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast so i'm gonna throw in a little what, what you've been watching in the past month i know we had a conversation about a month ago but what have you been watching big ugly what's been standing out to you uh you're talking about wrestling why wrestling pro wrestling why not pro wrestling. okay so are we you just asking is there anything standing out okay so everybody knows I, I have i still have not gotten into AEW, but of course i keep up with all the news okay um but i've been you know i've seen all of the raws and smackdowns since mm-hmm. the last time that we met Okay. Um, if I could think of stuff that stands out, um, you know, we're going to talk about the Owen Hart thing. Me and you kind of briefly spoke on that. Yeah, we're going to actually save that for the second half of our podcast because yeah. that's going to be a lot longer conversation than yeah. I think we have in this first thing here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so what else? I'm trying. I'm trying to think. All right. So we got Biggie. All right. We can start there. Biggie winning the the championship from Bobby. W- WWE Championship, cashing in money in the bank. How do you – did you watch that whole episode of Raw? Did you see the whole way he did it? Yes. By, like, saying at the beginning of the show, hey, I'm cashing in at the end of the night. Right. Uh, I don't care if it's Bobby Lashley or Randy Orton. I'm cashing in at the end of the night. So he said he was going to do something. He did it from the front side, not the blind side. And uh, still Bobby Lashley, you know, put up a fight. But in the end, it was Biggie. What did you think about that whole thing? I, I I think I'm conflicted, right? Oh, I'm, okay. I'm very happy for Big E. I think that I enjoy Bobby Lashley as champion, though. Okay. Like, I was just enjoying his title reign. Um, I felt like him and Roman were kind of almost like the mirror. They were almost like a mirror of each other, you know, just completely dominating all of their competition on their respective shows. Okay. Um, I feel like I need to see more from Big E. Um, I don't really know if I I don't really know if I understand Big E, and maybe it's just me and somebody. And you can break it down to me. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's 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 odd. <laughs> I, well, I feel like this last one. It's like they kind of put the new day back together. So, but uh, but yeah, I will. I I feel what you're saying. Um, I think Big E is more of a, I don't know what you want to call it, a ratings booster, you know, something to get, uh, because we had that initial SummerSlam, that big 50,000 show, all the returns at one time. And then I think they went, I don't want to say they went sour. I just think they went, you you can't go anywhere higher than what they did. So they came back down again. And now that AEW is presenting such a, a front of where, man, you better 
step your game up. You better do something. We might not be in direct competition, but, you know, just step your game up. Do something. Um, and they did that. So, you know, Biggie could have held on to that thing until WrestleMania. But I think it was a great way to shuffle things up. And now we got a draft coming. Um, so I think they're going to be shuffling everything. So that, that's kind of good where you get that big SummerSlam, 50,000, return, uh, live, live events, everything. You get, a little, you get a little slow down. Then you get Big E winning the title. That's, that's a pretty big pop. That's good stuff. It's not established yet. We'll see what he does with it. But I see what you're saying about the Bobby Lashley thing because Haven's champion was good, but maybe he was getting too comfortable with the title reign as far as the character is concerned because he was, he was almost cocky about it. He's like, I'm the champion. And MVP is like, this is the almighty. You know, so he wasn't really, I don't want to say continually earning it because he was. He was playing the role perfectly. But I think this gives him an opportunity, and you'll see what he did if you watched Raw this past week. He attacked everybody. It didn't matter if he was a face, if you were heel, if he had the title. He was just – and it was like Bobby Lashley just got some fire under his ass. This is great. I loved it. I, I did love it. I, so I love what it brought out of uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, I'm, just, I'm liking the Bobby Lashley character in general. Um, He's yeah. good for the, the whole product, I think. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Big E winning the championship makes sense. You know, he'll go into, I'm sure, Survivor Series, you know, one of the big four is champion, and we'll see, you know, how it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar's back, um, of course. So, it, it's weird. Brock Lesnar ain't Brock Lesnar. You <laughs> yeah, Brock is back as, like, a face. Uh, Dude, I like the Brock look. The lumberjack, the, the farmer, the big jeans, the ponytail. Plus, he's, like – over 300 pounds of yeah. muscle. I mean, what do you do during quarantine? You eat and you work out and, and right. you work on the farm. I mean, what do you, I mean, he pretty much lives a quarantine life anyway. Yes. But I like the fact that he's a face and I like the whole Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns. There's a triangle there with a lot of controversy. I, I kind of like that. I, I just hope that I am not ready for the, the uh, what do they call it? The bloodline to end. So I'm hoping that Heyman sticks around with Reigns and the Bloodline a little longer. Yeah, um, he just made a T-shirt. They got to stick around a little while. Yeah, although I do, I, I, the way it's going, it's like it almost makes me feel like you know, by the time we get to the end of the year, it'll be done. But who knows? Mm -hmm. They might draw it out past Royal Rumble. I don't know. Um, it's a WWE, so you never know. Yeah. Um, and you said Survivor Series, and that's an interesting thing because they've been advertising tickets for Survivor Series. It's going to be in the Barclays Center where they've traditionally had SummerSlam weekend over the past couple of years. But uh, they're going to have Survivor Series on Sunday, not a Saturday, but a Sunday, uh, and then Raw on Monday in the same arena. So uh, they've been advertising all the big names, and, all, and even they, they put the picture of The Undertaker up there. Now, of course, he's not going to wrestle anybody, but he could show up. He could do a walk-in because um, he ain't going to run. For, give it up for the undertaker but uh you know but they're advertising big names again so and also now in between all that you got crown jewel they got a 10-year contract with saudi arabia they had lost a year and a half so they got to get jumping back on that so they're going to take all their roster and all their staff all the way over across the world hopefully safely and uh they're going to put on an event brock lesnar and roman reigns could be for the wwe championship or for whatever reason if finn balor excuse me the demon wins the WWE Universal Championship. I want to ask you about that. We've always wanted, talked. Was, <laughs> you want to ask me about that? Yeah. But, uh, okay, so so here's my thing. I was going to ask you because I'm like, all right, we Finn Balor goes back to NXT. Yep. He does away with the demon character. He's back to being the prince, and he's yep. doing well down there. You know, uh, NXT's loving him. Main event guy. Comes back up, 
and pretty much not too long after being back up, he's back to doing the the demon thing. I'm like, listen, it makes sense, right? Because I think that the demon is a better presentation when it comes to big pay-per-views. Um, however, to me, from a, from like if I'm in the mind of the business, I'm like, it looks like a lack of confidence in Finn Balor as a character that they have that they want him to like resurrect the demon which hasn't been around for a long time at this point and but i love the demon so i'm not i'm not complaining about seeing it because i love it uh and it wasn't a surprise they prepared us by having the demon come out on smackdown at the end of the show pop a rating and then explain it on the next week like you know the demon is a side that comes out of me when i'm pushed too far um you know, I don't know if it's necessarily their lack of confidence in Finn Balor or the fact that he has the demon in the back pocket that they can use to pop a rating, to pop a pay-per-view. But still, Finn Balor is undershadowed by this whole Brock Lesnar thing. Uh-oh, um, somebody in the waiting room. I'm you sorry. know what? We'll, we'll come back to that. Let's see if we got a guest coming in. And if we can see him or we can hear him, we'll introduce him. This is a great conversation, Big Ugly. This is what we do. Yeah. I love it. And uh, there is, uh, I see it connecting to audio. Let's see. And when it connects, I will give a proper introduction. Uh, it's connected to audio. So uh, are you there, special mystery guest? Hey, how you doing? Oh, we can see him and we can hear him. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the, um, well, this is the recipient of the most viral independent professional wrestling clip that has ever happened. <laughs> um, as far as I know, I've never seen anything get 100,000 views or targets in independent wrestling, but uh, this guy did it. Um, and, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk to him a little bit more. Ladies and gentlemen, EWA Pro Wrestling, Ray C. Hawkins. Welcome, Ray. Ray. Hey, hey, I, I finally made it on the show. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, you've been on the show before. I did look in the archives. You did come on for a um, – it, it was kind of a guest. It was a little five-minute thing, and you were on some of our earlier episodes. But uh, That's right. It was like right after the uh, – Right the, after the kick. Yeah. We were seeing real. how he was going because yeah. he was still alive. And, you know, and that was sort of a – that was sort of, sort of a – you know, we can use it here. We, it was sort of a kayfabe kind of thing. That's, that's the deal. But, you know, this, this is shooting. You know, we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. And uh, – Yes, yeah, right. We're shooting. That's what that's Ray C. Hawkins is shooting. But that's it. You remember this big ugly. You remember this big moment. I was in the house for that. <laughs> I mean, there were there were several hundred people in the house, and then there were several hundred thousand people who wish they'd been in the house because it's it was so it was shared and viewed and it was controversial. Um, it was commented on. It was praised. It was yeah. You know, <laughs> it was blasted. I, and it was sucked. Let's get the let's get the uh, opinion of the man himself. So so for those of you who might not know what this was um, during an independent professional wrestling show storyline match, you know, towards the end of the night, end of the ring, um, you know, our our good buddy TJ. You know, we all know TJ Sykes, uh, the Red Prince, as he's now called. He actually uh, got got you into the ring, and you are uh, you 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 were you still are in, in a wheelchair. You know, motorized wheelchair usually. I hope so. Yes. I hope. Well, I mean, you could there could have been a miracle happening. I don't know this shit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but what they did, what TJ did, was actually took you out of your motorized wheelchair. Uh, and uh, hold on, hold on. Well, there wasn't a motorized wheelchair. It was a wheelchair, so it was. It was an actual wheelchair, you know, no motorized. It was, you know, uh, one of those old school deals. And um, in the ring, 
in the wheelchair. You are in the middle of the ring, and TJ Sykes, uh, super kick heard around the world, just uh, took it. You, you, he delivered it. You took it like a champ, knocked you out of the damn chair. Um, I screamed my head off. Uh, that that was probably the viral audio clip. No! That was good. <laughs> good, good stuff. But um, let's hear from the man himself, Big Ugly. So – what actually got you into, you know, having that spot? I mean, obviously there's different things that you're able to do in our world of independent professional wrestling, and you've always been a fan, and you got yourself in, got yourself on the other side of the guardrail. So how did that all come about, Ray? So how, how did I get kicked in the face? Or well, how I, we I know how you got school? kicked in the face, but <laughs> how did that whole spot come about? I mean, was that no. like something at the office? You know, was that you and TJ? You know, who, who, who came up with that? No, that was brilliant, it, honestly. It, it's actually a good friend of mine. Um, can I use his uh, shoot name? Or go ahead. Go? So, Brian, uh, you know, Brian came up with the idea. Actually, he asked me, he was like, I was outside there and it was like, hey, hey, Ray, do you know how to fall out your chair? I'm like, <laughs> I was like yeah, sure. He was like, oh, all right. Well, we might have something for you. I'm like, oh, all right, cool, cool. Um, and then there was, uh, there's, uh, training that went involved with this. Okay, good. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go behind the scenes. Um, That's what we love. Big, big ugly love I, behind the curtain. So, what you guys didn't know, there is some stuff that we really had to change on the fly. Um, I got injured the day before the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, they were like, we're going to practice on how to get you, you know, falling out of a chair. So, I was supposed to go this way. Well, I went this way, and I went like a ton of bricks onto the mat. I, I didn't know the mat wasn't soft. So it's like, boom. And people are like, oh, oh, no. Are you all right, Ray? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. So my shoulder was jacked up. Uh, I, I didn't tell my parents this. So next morning, I was like, oh, I slept on it wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I don't want to ruin the experience of, of being booked on a show. It's my yeah. first time being booked. Uh, so originally, they were supposed to dump me out of my chair. And I was supposed to go flat on my face. Uh, we had to change on the fly. So once you see me go backwards in my chair, that's the reason why. And You know, yeah. it's amazing how things work out because in my mind, and I don't know about you, Big Ugly, but you know, if the fact that, you know, TJ kicked you from the front and you yeah. went back out of the chair and the chair toppled over, that just made the whole spot, like, even yeah. ten times better. Exactly. If he would have got you and you would have fell out of the chair, that that's bad enough. But what do you yeah. think, Big Ugly? You think that made would, the spot? Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I think it was perfect <laughs> the way it happened. Like, It's it, amazing it how things turn problem. out and why. Like, you know? Yeah. It, it was it was awesome. It, I, I would say it's a blessing in disguise because you know I I always want to like show other disabled people and just people in general that you know if you have a dream, you know go for it. Amen. And then I I always said you know people are like hey we'll catch you on the map. That you know kick really got me on that on the map. And you know I'm not gonna be upset with certain people. <laughs> Commission uh, the commissioner of the you know. Baltimore, but or Maryland, whatever you call it. Um, but besides that, like I, I had a blast. I had a blast going to the school the next day, wearing a neck brace. I had family, family members calling my parents, like, "Oh gosh, we saw what happened to Ray. Is he okay?" 
And it was awesome. We had to take, we had to tell people, you know, he was all right. You know, uh, but it was, it was amazing. Like, I so you did your job. Yeah. It was believable. Oh. Like a shoot, people were like, "Oh my God, Ray's hurt." Like people. So I was, um, I was at the show. There was a show like what in two weeks ago, the first EWA show. You know, I was sitting in the crowd, and a couple guys said, "Yeah," and they were talking about. The super kick. <laughs> Wait, nothing else. They were like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, Yo, yeah, remember when you got super kicked in the face? That was so cool. You know, <laughs> it was awesome. People. It was awesome. You know, it was uh, one of, like, the elderly people, or not the elderly, one of our senior fans. All right. And all ages like, enjoyed it. Yeah, all ages. And he was like, Yo, when I saw that, I I knew it was I knew it was you know a shoot or cafe, but I thought it was real, man. The way you fell back, man. I was like, oh man, thank you very much. So so nobody nobody talks about me coming out to the rain. Nobody talks about that. They, everybody you know puts me as the super guy that got super kicked in the face. That's what I'm labeled as. You know, and I love it. You should because you created a moment that's going to live in time forever. Anybody it's, who saw it live, it's still like on we YouTube. Did. It's, and still it's still on YouTube. Yep, still on YouTube. It's still being shared by our, you know, our local people every once in a while. Um, and you know, I got, I got to tell you, even a lot of the locker room was not smartened up about what you know. I mean, <laughs> the great people knew what they had to well, know. Yes. But even me, uh, the ring announcer at the time, uh, you know, referee, ring announcer, whatever I was doing, I was, I didn't know. Like, and it's because people know I'm a fan of wrestling and the, the, my pure reactions and then everybody else's pure reactions to this, that's what, that's what sold this whole thing. And the fact that the right people knew at the right time and you got to, you know, play that role and sell that, I mean, it, it spoke, it spoke for itself and you put yourself in that position to get that done. And that, that big ugly, that's a moment that's bigger than a WrestleMania moment. That yeah. lives. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yep. I mean, okay, the, okay. I'm just going to say, the fact that, uh, you know, and, and you don't, you don't pull any punches either. You know, you, you're, you're disabled in a wheelchair, you know, but you don't let that stop you from doing what you want to do. Um, and the fact that you got a chance to do this in this capacity inside of the ring, um, it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, we appreciate you putting yourself out there to do that. What were you, I gotta, I gotta ask you, like, as it was happening, um, in the moment before the kick, were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you, I mean, what what was your feeling going into before the kick as it was happening, coming down the, coming down the aisle? All right. So before, before I was in the back, I kept on, this might sound the weirdest thing. I kept on thinking about the Owen Hart death. I don't know why I kept on thinking about that. I don't mean to come off like, like oh, that's bad. No, I no, no. I not about that because, you know, like, God forbid what will happen. You know, right, I, right. Didn't, I didn't know. You know, so I, in the back, I had a couple people pray over me before I went out there. So what people don't know, we do have a priest in the back. Some of our wrestlers are pastors. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, you guys pray over me? I'm like, oh, okay. So we had a prayer session before I went out there. And then they rolled me out there. You know, I was, I was very stop scared. So I was a little scared. Once you go in the rain, you don't hear you don't hear anything. I am dead serious. I didn't I didn't hear anything. It was like I was like zoned in. You didn't hear uh, five hundred people screaming. I'm dead serious. No. Okay. It was weird. Um. So like I I remember. Um. 
bunch of people ask me, you know, I just heard wrestlers talking the whole time. Um, so when I was hawking up, the fun, there's another funny story. When I was hawking <laughs> up, TJ was so scared that I was literally going to walk out of that chair. So, oh, crap. I got to do something quick. So when I was, and, you know, he pipped me. And I, 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 I thank God I have the gift of looking like a rag doll. So when he kissed me, I ragdolled and did my thing. Um, but it was all trained. It was all no, yeah. So, no, yeah. so cool you're as safe about as it. you can be. Oh, no. Cool part about it, I was so safe, I, I didn't feel it. Yeah. It was awesome. Credit to TJ. It was awesome. I um, felt it when he kicked me in the face. But well, anyway, that's a different story. Well, you know, <laughs> nobody likes you anyway. Hey! <laughs> be honest. Uh, I, I like Big Ugly better. He's cool. Um, but no, so so I didn't feel it. Um, the way they put me down was I had to really go step by step on how to put me down. Because, yeah. you know, I, I don't have, I have a low muscle tone. Okay. So they literally, you know, thank God they did a wide check. They did a close-up check. It looked really awkward. Uh, basically, they had put a hand behind my neck and just literally lay me down like a baby. That's all it was. Just lay me down as, as a baby. Um, the cool part about it, the two people that I saw the whole time was, um, Rizzo and her, the guy she was managing. I'm so sorry. I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but we all know who that is. Uh, but they were like, hey, that was awesome. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, I didn't say, yeah, I'm good. I, I was like, I, I didn't want to talk because I didn't know who else could see me. Right. So I just sat there. Um, I almost, I think I almost got kicked in the face while I was on the ground. Okay. Um, but besides that, like, once I got to the locker room, everybody was like, yo, that was cool. Thank you, Ray. And I was like, oh, no problem. It was so cool. Um, I, I, the funny part was I had to sneak out. I had to wait until everybody left. I had to sneak out to, to a huge gray van. If you guys see me when I go out, when I go out after a show, my mm-hmm. dad always picks me up. And there's this huge gray van that I have to get into. And it's hard for me to, you know, hide and get into a big gray van. So that night we had to literally hide and go into a gray van. Um, and that was that was it. Like everything else was cool, and I I had a blast doing it. I appreciate it. that I, dedication to the story, Big Ugly. That's just, I mean, that's above and beyond. Yeah. When you come back out of the curtain and you still playing that role yeah. and selling it, that is yeah. that is. Yeah. The commitment right there. Well, I watched, um, I think before that, I I had the ECW. Um, when the Sandman was blind? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, was going, I was going by that. I was like, yo, that is so dope. I have to do that. So, Big Ugly, you know, if you don't know that story, uh, Sandman uh, from ECW, you know, Kane swinging, beer drinking, you know. Um, so there was uh, a show where he actually got, you know, uh, you know, worked in the eyes and blinded. Um, so he li- literally lived in his house. This is ECW before it became on pay-per-view and all this other stuff. This was yeah. like early 90s. He actually lived at home, didn't go anywhere, um, didn't answer any phone calls, uh, nothing. And there was no social media, so this was a little easier. But, I mean, he lived at home forever until he actually got escorted to the show with a blindfold on his head and came into the ring, was being walked into the ring. And then the, one of the biggest things ever, he actually took the blindfold off. And it's like, oh, my God, the Sandman can see. And it was like the biggest video trading thing ever. And yeah. that's 
what Ray's talking about. And I, I appreciate that kind of um, – Yeah. To the craft. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, too. So let's talk about the aftermath. Let's talk about so, how you sold it for the, the next month. You said people so were legitimately I, coming at you. You yeah. thought you were hurt. But so the cool part about it, I, I, what people don't know, I have two Facebook accounts. Uh, one is for family and friends, and one's just for – one's for family and friends of wrestling. The other one is for, you know, for other stuff. <laughs> uh, not that I name names. But I had another one that, you know, nobody knew. Or, no, I had a way to check my Facebook. So I was off Facebook after after the show. I was off Facebook for for a couple months. Yeah. I didn't see what was going on. So I had to go on other things to see what was, you know, what was being said about me and stuff like that. And I was amazed. So when, when you said that I was off the grid, I was off the grid. Like, they... People didn't know where I was at. I wish, so I wish we had a way for me to be like at a hospital and me <laughs> just roll out with a neck brace. I thought that would have been so cool, but you know, at the time we, we didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> um, but I, I took it seriously. Like I, I didn't want to let everybody down and I took it as my duty to, to milk it as far as I could. You know, that interview with you, I thought, I wish I could have did a lot better. I wish I could have did like a lot more anger and stuff like that. Now looking at it, I was oh man, I could have did a lot more. No, but you did great for the time and the place and the fact that the way you were selling it. Like I mean, I was I was hip to the game at that point in time. I knew it was going on, but you know, I, I think that was great. But like the first interview, the first time we're talking to Racy Hawkins after the kick hurt around the world. I mean, and that was like three or four weeks later. Um, oh, yeah. And th this is when there was 10, 20, 30,000 shares views of this thing. So the fact that you were selling and big ugly, you can attribute to this. The fact that he continued to play this after it was over, kept getting juice behind it. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I'll, I'll shoot if it's okay. Go ahead. Uh, so the commissioner of the state of Maryland, he thought it was real. That's how good it was. He thought it was real. And ironically, I am banned from going in the ring because of it, which I don't mind. Um, I lived the dream one time. It's all good. But I thought it was so funny that been he banned was, for life. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm allowed to apply the ring, but in the ring, I'm not allowed to do. Because, I mean, honestly, 99.9% .9 of the time, I mean, I would think 100% of the time, no one would ever expect you to be put in the spot that you were put in. And for that yeah. time and that place and the stories that we were telling, and EWA Pro Wrestling was so hot at the time, um, it, it was perfect. It was like the Attitude Era of wow. EWA Pro Wrestling. That's what Big Ugly knows about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah. That was and so then cool. you've got, and continued to play it out. Now, so um, – even and like you even said, years later, people are still approaching you about this, and that's why. I mean, I had you on my list. You know, we we had to, and when when we <laughs> saw each other at the EWA show, I'm like, you know what, this is going to be a good time because I know people are talking about this and seeing you at the show. So I wanted to do it this year before 100. So I was like, oh, the opportunity came up, let's do it. And um, man, and you're still you're still doing today. How are you doing these days? I mean, what are you up to? I mean, I know you're still coming to the shows and you're still participating in what you can. What's going on in your personal life? How are you feeling? Uh, What's up? I am good right now. I'm I'm actually in the process of looking into a place to move into okay. in Pikeville. Um, you know, trying to trying to get into pro wrestling again. 
Um, because everything that's going on, you know, I have a low immune system, I guess. You know, okay, I'll get sick or I'll die. You know, I'll be able to die when I will die. But, you know, COVID. Uh, COVID is a true heal. Um, I, uh, I, I would say one way or the other, your guys are going to see me November 13th. Okay, and that's going to be at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Hall. Yes, Matter sir. of fact, uh, there's a couple of shows. But now we got Tall Cedars Hall, which is going to be on uh, Friday the thir- Friday the thirteenth. No, that's Saturday the thirteenth. Saturday the thirteenth. Uh, no, it's a Sunday the thirteenth. No, it's a matinee on a Saturday because that's matinee. Saturday. Matinee. Okay, my bad. That's on Saturday the thirteenth at three p.m. That's interesting because AEW decided to run their pay per view on that very. That's what it was. That's what it was. So you know we're not going to try to uh, we're not going to try to battle AEW now, but uh, (laughs) you know, but um, yeah, but uh, and then the following week on the Friday is going to be the battle for Bel Air, first time at the Bel Air Armory, EWA Pro Wrestling. So six days apart, EWA is going to have show after show, which is uh, oh yeah, that's that hasn't happened. if ever I'm, so that's great oh yeah i'm excited i'm excited that we're going to be able to do two shows in one month the show that we know that we're still around nobody's not going to take a, take us out um and if you don't mind me still shooting and still being open i think it's uh aew i think it's so cool that they have not one but two of the people that came up came out of our our class tell you the truth adam cole baby and uh not a rose mm-hmm. like that is so inspire inspiring to like people like me that was like that want to be really into business and that don't know how to be in the business but to see like you know adam cohen you know not rose and then people in impact like you know with rich swan you know that is so cool and i guess that's why you know now i mean of course, CM Punk did help. Has lit a fire in my butt to be more, you know, work on my promo skills, work on my, you know, facial expressions. You know, um, I want to be, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, this year is going to be Racy Hawkins' year. Oh. You're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to forget who Racy Hawkins is. Um, <laughs> There is that we can t- anyway, like big I, well, we never come I I get that, but in other other you want to do something new. You want to you want to. I want to do something new. In other companies, other managers are a lot more present than others. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I I always had a dream to be, you know, either in front of or closing a show, which I did twice. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being on a flyer. I haven't been on a... Uh, I've been on a flyer, but not, like, main event on a flyer. Which, you know, which is cool. But I I have a goal to be, you know, to make EWA awesome, you know, and or great again. Don't want to use that line, right? Um, but I... Uh, that's my goal is to uh, stand out this year. All right, we definitely looking forward to it because uh, Racy Hawkins, you know, there's, there's history there. Um, there's there's behind the scenes, you know. We like it, we we enjoyed it, and we're going to enjoy it again because uh, you know there's some definitely some creative people working behind you, and if we can, you know, 
because you're never going to know with you what what's real what's not that's that's the beauty of that line with professional wrestling you know we know it's a we know it's a work but you know what where does that line get drawn we never know and especially with you you have a unique opportunity to you know be that line to draw that line and i think um yeah. it's it's great that uh you can do that speaking of you mentioned social media before we um wrap up with you here ray where can we find you follow you obviously ewa pro wrestling at those two events yeah, in november um check uh, on Facebook, but where else i believe it's i'm so sorry everybody it's been a while i do have a youtube page uh racy hawkins if you look okay. him up look that up uh i have a life page racy hawkins i might need to update it um <laughs> uh, but no i i want to thank you guys for having me on this has been a this all right so i do have like two dreams one is uh you know be be like an awesome part of EWA. And this was the second part of my dream, to be on a podcast, a pro wrestling podcast, as a matter of fact. And yeah, like thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm blessed to do it's this. Our wow. pleasure, man. We're, we're blessed to be doing this after five years. We just got done talking about that. This is, uh, and we're on our way to 100 episodes. We ain't stopping. Um, so, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on to, talk about these kind of moments and uh you know pro wrestling is what drives us and what keeps us going and is the heart of this podcast we go off on tangents all the time but oh, pro yeah. wrestling and this is a pro wrestling moment i mean this this is something that uh got dreamed up by a lot of people and at executed by you so we yeah. appreciate you so we're going to continue to follow you and we're, we'll follow up with you too but uh look out for your, your invite because sometime in the month of november december we're going to have our big 100th episode it's going right. to be a zoom meeting just like this and you being you know our guests uh before and now of course you're invited every guest uh we've ever had is going to be invited to that 100th biggest zoom meeting ever so um yes. and uh we got the grandmaster wizard over there the big ugly is going to be letting people in the room and mutant people and it's going to be great but uh, make sure everybody gets in you know a couple minutes on the big 100th episode so we hope you'll be there oh uh, don't worry I'll, I'll be there with with my wheelchairs on <laughs> <laughs> we just can't do it on the 13th or the 19th because apparently those uh, days are booked up already so we can't do it on those guys yeah but that's all right. Hey, Ray, thanks for joining us, man. Go ahead and uh, log off. I'll, I'll make sure to, uh, as soon as this goes up, we'll tag you and everything. And if you don't mind us using a picture off of your Facebook page, we'll go ahead and, um, you know, we'll promote it. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm happy to be on here. I'm, I'm excited, buddy. Yay. <laughs> all right, Ray. Thanks a lot, man. You take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Right. Thanks, Ray. Wow. Big ugly. How about it? Break that down for me. I mean, I know I did a lot of the, I did a lot of the talking there, but break that down for me. How, how, how you talk about your history of Racy Hawkins? Let's, uh, you know, how you feel about that as a fan, as a, as a proprietor of this podcast. What were you feeling through that whole thing then and now? Yeah, no. So speaking about that, I'm a huge nostalgia guy, right? And so that that took me back. You know, it was like. That was during that time period that you were just introducing me to independent wrestling. I'd never been to the show. Like you said, it was that during the Attitude Era of EWA. I mean, everybody was firing on all cylinders. All the storylines were great. And, you know, seeing that, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, me and you were doing a podcast at that time. And when I saw him get kicked, I was like, damn, I, I think he really got kicked. Like, <laughs> was that, was that story? Like, it, it got me, you know what I'm saying? So. 
So that was great, uh, you know, talking with Ray and being able to to relive that. Because, like I said, I you know, it's one of them things that you know you'll you'll never forget. You know what I'm saying? Having been there to witness that, uh, and like you said, it, and it created so much controversy. Mm. You know, and uh, it was just like wow, you know, because it, it got everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's several different things. Obviously, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's disabled. So, you know, there, there's a wheelchair thing. And a lot of people knew who he was, but didn't know who he was. Um, and, you know, the fact that that got worked out by a couple of key people who were, you know, um, you know, holding the pencil at that point in time. And it happened. And yeah, the Maryland State Athletic Commission, of course, they weren't clued into everything that was going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, it was better to ask forgiveness than permission at this point in time. You know, nothing against the commission. They allow us to run shows uh, in Maryland and we appreciate them and we'll do everything that we can to, you know, be on the up and up with them. But at the time, you know, it was a risk that, you know, could, could have not have been taken. Maybe yes, no. Was it, you know, more dangerous than the average spot? Maybe uh, it was, I don't know. It just felt like all the pieces were in place to do a shock moment. That's all we were expecting was a shock moment for the people in the, in the audience, which is what we were doing. We were taking the audience on a ride every time um, show to show with that attitude era of EWA. And that turned into an explosion and probably got even more eyes on EWA for that last part of that attitude era. Um, if you want to call it that for EWA where it culminated with, uh, you know, one last dance um, and uh, that kind of talk stuff. About, and talk about an epic finish to that attitude. I mean, that in itself, the last dance was fantastic. You, went, you were a part of it. Like I was proud to be because I was behind the scenes for so much of it. And I was asked by the, the, the two people, you know, Brian and TJ, who were actually in the story ongoing for two years to be a part of that. And just being a small piece of that, I appreciated that. But the fact that you as a fan can still remember that and remember the time where you, where you felt that in several hundred people in the building and there was, uh, you know, detention, you could cut it with a knife and it was exciting. And, you know, you had to, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, and just the fact that we could make that happen, um, you know, there, there's WrestleMania. You know, we've been to WrestleMania. We, you know, we know that kind of feeling. We were there for – we're still there, according to CM Punk. You know, we're still at that WrestleMania. It's still <laughs> happening. But in, in the span of three hours, that one night uh, with the Racy Hawkins in the span of three hours with the one last dance and so many other things that happened in the middle, I mean, we're just blessed to have been part of that and that we can talk about it now. Right. And that Ray can come on our podcast and enjoy himself so much. Um, and, you know, that we can actually do that on, on the notice that we did because it's just it's amazing. Um, just the business that we love to talk about and that we're still talking about years right. later. Exactly. Years later, still talking about it, man. And, and like even just, you know, thinking about the last dance, just I was like getting goosebumps. It's like living that stuff is like. It's just awesome. I remember the promo, you know, the uh, the videos and the promos. It was just, it was all good stuff. We had the screen up there with uh, running the videos and, yes. and the promos in the middle. And we had the, you know, the clock on the screen for the time limit, 30 minutes. And man, then the timing of that, after all three of us are beat up and winded in that match, and we had to get the finish perfect or else it wouldn't make sense. So I just knew that, you know, TJ had to be on top of Brian before – the count was two one zero. I knew that. 
Yeah. And at, when it came to one zero, I had to be counting right after two. As soon as two hit on that screen, I had to be counting so that the bell would ring and I, my hand would hit three right after zero. And I think if you know, you'll test it as it, the way it looked on the video, it sounded and the timing worked out perfectly. Perfectly. So and here's the thing. The, the crazy thing is looking back at that, thinking about it, we were making a correlation between the attitude. There. It was literally like the uh, the WWE's end of an era. You know, with the three of you guys in the ring, you know, because if I'm not mistaken, I think not too long after that, everybody would almost be gone. It was like a big shift in yeah. WA. So, you know, it yeah. really was almost like an end of an era, you know? It was. Uh, and what what a, you know, great way to go out because that, that dream was fantastic. Thank you. And we appreciate you and everybody who took part in that. And and now, you know, you know, obviously EWA had some, you know, transitional times, but I tell I tell you the the roster of guys and girls that are there now, um it's just a lot of up and comers, you know, we got we got a couple of established people still up there. Um and we got a lot of up and comers, a lot of people that are hungry to perform, um a lot of people that are willing to do the work to get in there and, you know, just perform and be on a show and especially after this pandemic um it's pretty exciting I, I got to be there um at the first show that they had i got to be the referee i'm going back to my black and white stripes and that that was fun just to be in there and be a part of that um and i, I think the guys and girls that are there now are extremely talented uh, extremely good at what they do and they're going to put on a show for you and they're going to have a good time and they're going to help the fans have a good time that audience of a couple hundred people that were in there had a good time Absolutely. So it's time to do it again. And yeah. speaking of the countdown clock, I see that our first segment is uh, counting down. If you can see that too, Big Ugly. Yeah. So that's good because we still got uh, – we're going to finish the topic that we started before. By the way, thank you, Ray C. Hawkins, one more time. We appreciate you. Hang on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the lights here because uh, it's getting dark these days. Yeah, uh, fall yeah, yeah. Uh, is upon us. Yeah, it's crazy how it just – the fall just comes in. You know, it's like we know when it's coming every year. Yeah. But- it always just seems so abrupt, even though, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, oh, wow, it is almost October. So, yeah, it's like 90, 100 degrees. And then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, it's down in the 70s. Right. Exactly. Like, what the heck? Right. Um, but yeah, we were we were talking. Um, we, we, we were not rudely interrupted. I'm not going to say that we were uh, genuinely interrupted. And thank you, Racy Hawkins. Once again, we appreciate you. But uh, where we were talking, um, let me look at my notes. We were talking about Finn Balor and the thank you. character. You were remarking on how. Uh, the demon, you know, I, I think you were giving props to the demon, you know, saying you were yeah. saying it wasn't, you don't think it was necessarily a lack of confidence in Finn Balor as the yeah. body brought him back. And I'll let you take over. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just a matter of it's the right time to bring that type of character on to want to television um you know they're they're trying to beef up the tv a little bit and not not so show you the same old thing every time honestly that the demon hasn't shown up since we were at wrestlemania um and it was like midnight and it was the last match before the main and the demon came out and had no value whatsoever because it was after seven hours of wrestling but the way they built it up now and the fact that it's mainly for television i mean you, you got your live audiences uh but i think it's you know, catering to the television audience as well. I think it's going to be good to see the the demon and Roman Reigns. I like that dynamic, but I still think that Finn Balor is being overshadowed by the possibility of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, which it's not a downplay on Finn Balor because Finn Balor is awesome and he's playing his role. But what can actually happen here? This is what I wanted to ask you. I mean, can the demon 
win the Universal Championship, and then Roman Reigns go on to fight Brock Lesnar without a title. Or if the Demon loses, which I don't know. I can't remember specifically the Demon losing um, or getting beaten cleanly. So if the Demon does lose, you know, I don't see it being a, like, a, like a screw job or something like that. When, when do we see the demons? Like, well, why would you bring out the demon if, it, if you're going to lose? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How do you feel about that? Like, how can this all turn out? I think you're right. I believe the demon is still undefeated because if the last time that we saw him was at WrestleMania, I do believe that the demon won that WrestleMania match. Did. Yep. Now, do I think that the demon could win the belt? Only reason I don't I, I say no is because I feel like they've already gone that shock factor route with Big E on Raw. And so I feel like it would be doing the same thing on SmackDown. And, and I feel like having the chance – I feel like Brock Lesnar coming back is also about going after the championship, not just Roman Reigns specifically. Okay. And so he's going after the top of the top guy who's Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is that because he, he has the belt. Yeah. So at the, this is what I think will happen, but I don't think the demon's going to lose, right? I, I think we get a DQ. Okay. I think we get a DQ from Brock causing, causing Finn to win and setting up Brock and Reigns. Let me throw in um, something, and you might not know this because this was just announced. The Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which is where this is going to happen, there was no Extreme Rules matches yet at all on the pay-per-view, which I have a beef with. But just this week, after Raw, I think, they, Tuesday it might have been, they announced that Finn Balor and uh, Roman Reigns is an Extreme Rules match. Oh, so that might throw a, a little yeah, it's a caveat into okay. your plan. Yeah, so listen. I, maybe not a DQ, but maybe a screw job. Like, it can happen legally now. Right. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I mean, we def. I definitely think there's some kind of interference going on. Uh, and listen, I, my thing is, they listen. The fiend did not go undefeated, so I have no reason to believe that they have a problem pinning the demon. You know. Okay. Um, so I mean, you know, Finn could just he, he could just lose. You know. Uh, it, it could happen, and I mean, there could be a way that they do it stylistically that does not take any steam away from the bringing out of the demon character every once in a while. Um, you know, as long as they don't beat it to death, but then don't let Finn Balor get swept under the rug. Let Finn Balor stay up in your uh, secondary main event matches. Let him stay, whether it be titles or not, let him stay up in storylines. Um, let him continue to do what he did so well in NXT. Uh, the second time he was in NXT and the first time, as a matter of fact, because you know, when he came up, he won the universal title for the first time, got injured, had to leave. It kind of threw a, a wrench into it. But I think he's – what's the word? He's a good utility player. Like, he can play the straight Finn Balor character. He can play the demon when the time comes for it. But I just hope that it's not less this thing where if Finn does lose to Roman Reigns, then Finn rolls out of the ring and then Brock Lesnar comes in and then we forgot that Finn Balor was ever there. That's what I don't want to happen. I want Finn Balor to still be relevant in – you see what I'm saying? I don't want him to get swept under because there's so many guys who go in there and work their asses off, 
And then they're, all they're there is to do is to work their asses off to put somebody else over. Case in point, while we have one minute and 52 seconds left, the New Day, when they went through this tag team eliminary match through this entire Monday Night Raw one night, and they defeated six tag teams, and then they got to AJ and Omos, and they got beat, and then it was AJ and Omos against Bobby Lashley, MVP. You forgot that New Day wrestled for an hour and a half through six matches throughout the whole night. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't forget that. But – I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see people getting praised and getting pushed for the work that they do. So, I'm with you, my thing is like, considering what I've seen from WWE in the past, I feel like they have no problem sacrificing guys to to benefit people that they want to push to the extreme. You know, Jeff Hardy. Excuse me, I'm right, sorry, I had a little Jeff Hardy. We watched it happen with the Fiend losing to Goldberg, and it was like, what? You know, uh, we we watched it happen. Um, Man, there, there was another example that. There's uh, so many examples out yeah, there. There's plenty of examples out there of of this exact thing happening, and I could definitely see them just throwing the demon away just to progress the feud of Reigns and uh, Lesnar. I certainly hope not. But we got less than a minute here. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with our second link, our second uh, link to the Zoom of this podcast, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, Episode 98, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. And we'll see you in just a minute. And we're back with the second segment. <laughs> I think you did it before and I didn't even point it out, but that's just uh, human nature by now. The second segment of episode 98 of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the bigger. And we thank you uh, from anywhere that you're listening to us, anytime that you're listening to us. We got people listening to our archived episodes. We appreciate you so much. Um, so, and, uh, we got a great conversation going on here, I believe big ugly, and, uh, we're going to talk about some other things, but yeah. gotta let's say, give a shout out one more time to Ray C Hawkins for joining us. Um, that was fun and, uh, it was cool reliving that history and, uh, we appreciate Ray so much for, uh, for joining us. So thank you again. Um, so big ugly, we were just talking about a little bit of WWE stuff. Let me, uh, throw in a little, well, throw in a little, uh, something that we mentioned earlier, but, uh, let's, let's get this out of the way because this is going to be the big, uh, main event of the second part of the podcast. I think, um, of course now there's a lot of wrestling to watch out there. NWA has their power hour and they're doing some great stuff. Um, shout out to uh, Trevor Murdoch, by the way, for being the NWA champion. I'll keep going. Cause, uh, we got to. Got to see the light. Um, and then uh, the second thing is, of course, you've got uh, Impact Wrestling still doing their thing, and they've got some uh, good connections all over the world. So Impact Wrestling is doing well, and a lot of people showing up over there, and they're getting more, um, more traction and things like that. AEW is actually the number two, if not the number one wrestling company in the entire world when it comes to um, – coverage uh or as far as you know things that are happening in the world of pro wrestling right now matter of fact kenny omega was listed pwi's top 500 number one uh kenny omega roman reigns number two so if that doesn't tell you what kind of impact that aew wrestling is having um that's pretty that's pretty incredible we'll talk more about aew but uh we just we talked about this earlier big ugly and i wanted to get your because this is going to be a good conversation i think um AEW just partnered with um, the Owen Hart Foundation run by Martha Hart, uh, who is uh, Owen Hart's widow. Uh, Owen Hart, of course, passing away 
man, 21 years ago now um, in, in a failed stunt that had him uh, rappelling from the roof of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and, uh, you know, hitting the turnbuckle on the way down, passing away. Just just tragic. But he, he died uh, kind of doing what he loved as far as the pro wrestling business. But very young, way too soon. Um, but, of course, since then, lots of controversy with the entire Hart family. I guess Brett made his peace uh, with the family and with Vince because, obviously, he came back on a Legends contract. And he, you know, had a match at WrestleMania and did some other things. But also, Bret Hart went to AEW and held up the AEW championship for the first time on live television and before uh, Chris Jericho won it. So now AEW is the company that's partnering up with Martha Hart uh, and the Owen Hart Foundation to hold a tournament in Owen's honor every year in AEW, the Owen Hart uh, Memorial Tournament, um, and to you know have merchandise now with Owen Hart and AEW, it basically has all the rights of a Legends contract that that Owen would have had in WWE. But now it's happening in AEW, and and there's there's a lot of different feelings about this so far. And I want to get your take on it because AE, Owen Hart, the Hart family, Owen Hart is a WWE guy. Always was a WWE guy. Never went to WCW. Never, you know, and never had any real inklings of going anywhere else. Um, so when I mentioned this to you, you were just like, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> so I want to hear what you're thinking because I, I think it's going to be a great point of view. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so I think that you said it. To me, to some of the Owen Hart is a WWE guy. I feel like, I feel like this decision is – Sometimes I feel like AEW gets utilized by people that want to take out their frustration with WWE, if you see what I'm saying. So, and I feel like that's what's happening with this thing. To me, this has nothing to do with Owen Hart. Like, I think if Owen Hart could speak to us today, I think, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm speculating, but I think he would want to be in the WWE Hall of Fame where he became famous. The only reason we know who Owen Hart is is because of WWE. You take away the freak accident that happened, and Owen Hart is a is a star and from WWE. So partnering with this company that didn't even exist during the time that Owen Hart was around and having this company honor him, to me, it doesn't even really make sense. You know, like it's it, it's like most of the people in this company didn't even work with Owen Hart. You know what I'm saying? They were all young kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's like it's almost like to me, it's like I'm just going to do something that's going to like stick the finger to WWE. You know, WWE has wanted to be able to honor Owen Hart and do stuff. And it's like we know his wife has always been like, no, no, no. And now it's like, but I'm going to let this competition honor. But I feel like you're not really honoring Owen Hart. Like you're, you're kind of just honoring the grudge that you yourself as a living person is still holding against this company that essentially is the only reason anyone knows who Owen Hart is. So, I, you know, and, and there's nothing against AEW. I mean, I, you know, good for them. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to honor Owen Hart. I think every no one can argue against the fact that Owen – should be honored for the things that he contributed. Uh, it's just that they're holding this tournament at this company that didn't exist, yet Owen Hart can't be put in the WWE Hall of Fame with some of the greatest legends because 
why, you know? Yeah. I, I think you, you got, you got it on both sides there. Um, Owen Hart, it's, you know, nothing is ever going to be done in the WWE to publicize Owen Hart. Um, they, they try to get away from any negative publicity that ever happens, even if it's from the far side, even if it has nothing to do with them, or even if it was eight years ago, whatever the case may be, 21 years ago. I, I think that they just want to they, – they would try to just keep away from that because, I, honestly – you know, I, I don't know, and we don't know. We, we just know we see, we see the dark side of the ring, Martha Hart, you know, all that stuff. We hear all the stuff online, Owen Hart's family, Martha Hart, the kids, whatever. Um, that's all we, – we, we just don't know what the relationship is between the Hart family, that Hart family, and uh, WWE. But at WWE, we know nothing ever substantial is going to come out of Owen Hart. He's never going to go into the Hall of Fame. Like, there's never going to be a tournament in his honor. They're never going to have specific, you know, they've had one or two DVDs, one or two Legends figures, some, a lot of stuff pre-accident, you know what I mean? Um, but nothing substantial is ever going to happen. I want to know, I kind of want to know more about the AEW, like, whose brainchild was this? Because a lot of it points towards Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho was a Hart family, you know, in the dungeon, with the Hart family, all of them. And he's actually been a, one of the big people that dark side of the ring with the Martha Hart thing. And, you know, he, and he's all about doing bigger and better things with everything, with the crews, with Fozzie, with AEW, with whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody of his stature wouldn't have said, Hey, where can we, where can we join this? Line? I mean, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm nothing against Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho. Um, but could it have been something like that to where they say, we have a company here that can do something as opposed to the WWE that's never going to do anything. So, but is it like you said, is it honoring Owen Hart or is it just taking the name of Owen Hart to pop your rating to stick it back to WWE saying, hey, just like Cody Rhodes having a sledgehammer and crushing the throne. Is this just another finger up the, you know, to the WWE saying, hey, well, you can't do it will do it. I would hope it would be for the charitable foundation, the Owen Hart Foundation. I would hope it'd be for good reasons because all the proceeds are supposed to go that way. Um, but we, again, we'll never know the inner, we, we'll just see what's on the internet. Yeah. But you so, see, I don't know. But I agree with you on this part. I'm sorry to cut. I will, I will yeah, end this. My, my, my part of the conversation right here Well, I'll say Owen Hart absolutely deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame for you know, it's the same reasons that Chris Benoit, again, another sensitive subject, but for the contributions that, that the WWE Hall of Fame is for the contributions that an individual made to the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment has nothing to do with a freak accident or the fact that, you know, he killed his whole family. But that's the thing. The WWE is going to get stoked for the negative publicity first. And if anything, that's going to shuffle negative publicity. They're not going to do it. As a matter of fact, they had a dark side of the ring on about the plane ride from hell last week, which uh, the WWE coming back from a European tour and Ric Flair exposing himself to a, uh, a flight attendant or something like that. Um, the fact that that may have happened, that may not have happened, it's on television now and it's, being, it's on the internet now. So whether Ric Flair did it or didn't do it, this is now what he's being looked at for. And Ric Flair just left the WWE on good terms, but now they erased him from the intro. They're taking his name out of everything. They're making sure Charlotte 
stays away. They might even take the word flair away from it and just call her Charlotte again. This is dumb. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's too much business taken away from the pro wrestling business. Go ahead. All right. So my thing is, thinking about AEW real quick, and then we're going to get to the Ric Flair thing. Go ahead. Think about AEW thing real quick. I mean, think about it. It could be Jericho, but then you've also got a, a lot of, like, guys and mentors that they brought in that did work with Owen. So you've got Jericho, you've got Mark Henry, you've got yeah. Paul White. Big show, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I meant to say that have worked with Owen. Sure. So – I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a situation where you get a couple of those guys sitting around remembering old days and they bring up Owen and then it's like, that might be great to honor Owen and then they kind of get the ball rolling from there. You know, I think that AEW probably has good intentions on their end about honoring Owen. Obviously, they're going to benefit from their popping the ratings you and using Owen's name. I think that the agreement from Owen's wife is the sticking it to WWE Considering the fact that WWE, I'm sure, would have wanted to honor Owen in the past, but she has refused it, and now this new company comes along, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, I, I'll allow it, knowing Owen had nothing to do with this company at all. Yeah. Now, getting to some of the stuff. So, obviously, the Chris Benoit thing for me, and, you know, we've discussed the whole Benoit thing. It's 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 always been a, a touchy thing for me about Benoit. I you know, I, I feel like his circumstances is, like, a lot different yeah. when it comes to other people that um, – just because what happened was so egregious, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting to Flair, I, my, thing, my thing is, like, it, I feel like we don't put – it's like this thing where we no longer put things in context, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like – Nowadays, right, the, the plane ride from hell happened like 20-something years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At this point. The type of society that we lived in was very different than what it looks like 20 years later. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Pre-social so, media, pre-everything. Yes. And so trying to hold people accountable for the way that society acted it would almost be equivalent to me, and this might be a far reach, but it would be equivalent to like during the time that people could smoke in public and someone got sick from secondhand smoke. And okay. it's like now they want to go back and put this person in prison because they, because they smoked anywhere 30 years ago. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like, it was different, you know? So that's what, so it's like you want to hold people accountable for stuff that happened all of these, de- these decades ago when society was different, it's like, are they doing it now? Do they recognize that it's inappropriate now? If they're not doing it now, they recognize it's inappropriate now, you never do these things? Okay. You get a lot of wrestlers when they do these interviews, they always talk about stuff that like, oh, we can't, we wouldn't be able to get away with this today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go, if you go back and watch the Attitude Era, we're well aware of all of the stuff that used to happen that they don't do on shows anymore because society was different. So I'm, I'm like trying to penalize a now 70 something year old man and trying to, uh, you know, uh, like fracture his legacy over, you know, over something that happened 20 years ago. And, and, and listen, I don't want to downplay sexual assault. Right. No, no, when, I know. When yeah. I heard when I heard sexual assault. I actually thought that I, I wasn't familiar that this was all coming from a plane ride from hell. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that like maybe he like physically did something to a woman, right. like, you know, like so it's like okay, he 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 like mooned her, so to speak. 
I'm not downplaying it, right? However, it's like, I guess it's just like I could see that happening. I feel like that probably happened a lot. You know what I'm saying? In those days. And it's like, yes, now we recognize that doing something even of that magnitude, even though you did not physically put your hands on anybody, is still sexual assault. Okay, cool. Don't We don't do that no more. But you're going back 20 years? and. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't make this dark side of the ring. They don't make these shows to call people out and to throw people under the microscope. It's just what happens in this day in society. But you're 100% right. Do, do, do you, anybody who watches pro wrestling, or even if you don't necessarily know who Ric Flair is, if you know anything about Ric Flair, that, that, that was not a work. Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, you know, Limousine riding, jet riding, flying, yeah, right. son of a gun, uh, $20,000 bar tabs. I mean, did you, do you really think there isn't uh, another instant? Okay. Ric Flair has probably done this a thousand times. Thank you. To a yes. thousand right. different people. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? He's never been charged, convicted, right. arrested, or jailed for anything that he's done because – obviously for whatever situation that he was in at the time, whether it be a hundred times, thousand times, whatever, it didn't call for that. Same thing with this flight attendant who was on the dark side of the ring and talked about Ric Flair exposing him. So she even said it in the thing. She said, you know what? I'll, I'll admit I was uncomfortable and yeah, I'm okay now. And I'm here talking about it and I'm not going to sue the guy or whatever. But I mean, you know, at the time in the place, it was definitely, you know, I was kind of, stuck you know that that's what i was doing but you know they didn't interview her to put her him under a microscope or anybody on this plane ride or to, or to even downplay the wwe because they talk about a lot of people in a lot of different companies it's just like you said 20 years later like what what good is going to come of this is is rick if rick flair getting evicted from his legacy for the short amount of time that's going to happen, obviously it's going to blow over and somebody else is going to get pointed at for something else. And this is going to be forgotten, but this is Ric Flair. You can't eliminate Ric Flair. Just like when Hulk Hogan had a conversation on a radio show eight years ago and used the N word. We talked about this on a length on a podcast, you know, Hulk Hogan is Hulk. You cannot eliminate Hulk Hogan from the annals of sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Where's Hulk Hogan now? He's working with the WWE. He's partnered up. He's got a legends contract. What it took a couple years, but you know, you had to let it blow over. You, you come back and say publicly, you know, at the time and the place, I wasn't aware of what I was doing or saying, I apologize. Let's move on. Nobody cares, but people love this microscope. People love to point out the negative because it's so much easier than and focusing on the positive. Like, this is what we do with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We try to focus on the positive. We all have different opinions about pro wrestling, and that's great. But we're not hating on anybody. You know, oh, okay, well, you know, CM Funk will say, oh, yeah, John Cena sucks. You know, he said that for years. But then he came back and said, I like, I like what John Cena's doing now. He, hate, he hated Charlotte and her peacock feathers forever. But then he's now coming back and saying, hey, Charlotte is. But, you know, he wasn't hating on her. He was just saying, this is not something. I don't like wrestlers who wear clothes. Yeah. I want wrestling gear. But then I come back and I, I shoot myself in the foot and I say, well, for this gimmick and this character and CM Funk's like, no, no, no. This is the same thing. It's a little different as far as exposing yourself to somebody's sexual harassment, but it's the same thing. Like, whatever you have an opinion about today, you're going to put the microscope on it. And then somebody else is going to do something or say something else. The microscope's going to be somewhere else. And then Ric Flair is going to have to go through years of 
pandering for something that happened 20 years ago that wasn't even a big deal. I'm not downplaying right. sexual harassment. Yeah, no, we're not downplaying it, but what we're saying is if somebody did something during a time period where society was not as strict or not as uh, as on top of that kind of stuff, then we're not justifying what he did. Yeah, We're just saying that is the man still doing stuff like that now? Or has he been doing stuff like that recently? No. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, what what are we trying to accomplish at this point by dragging him down? You know? Yeah. And like you said, there's probably many stories dating back to the 80s that you probably would hear about Ric Flair. This is just one incident. I mean, I'm sure back in the 80s and 90s, things was even crazier, you know? Um you know, but and not only for Ric Flair, but all these guys that you never heard the names of right. and all these people yeah. in the pro wrestling business live in that same kind of lifestyle. Right. You don't it, know. But Ric Flair right. is a big name. It was a different lifestyle, you know, back then. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, and, 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 and it's just like, you know, has he learned to not do these things? Yeah, he, he, he doesn't know. OK, then, you know, that's what matters. Um, you know, but yeah, trying to make this man atone for one incident that happened 20 years ago that you don't have any verification that's still going on or that he's still acting this way. I just have a hard time understanding, especially when you can put in context that it's like, if something, if somebody did something like that on a plane today, they would immediately be called (laughs) out for it, reprimanded, whatever. Oh yeah. The obvious fact that none of that happened on that plane ride to hell just shows that it was a completely different time period where people were, doing crazy stuff and getting away with it. Didn't make it right. However, they recognize now that they can't do it. Just like many of, like, you know, what goes on on the show, men hitting women on the show and stuff like that. The bra and panties matches, you know, uh, you know, should WWE apologize for that stuff? No, I mean, different time. Right, right. Different time. And they that- stopped doing it. They learned the <laughs> lesson. Like, they they changed and evolved and they try to stay away from the negative publicity as much as possible because they're going to get negative publicity because they're the biggest dog in the fight. You know, they're, you know, when you think about wrestling, it's WWF, WWE, that's what you think about. Um, And, you know, so they're going to have a microscope on them no matter what they do. Uh, So I choose to, when I watch these dark side of the ring shows, I choose to focus on the fact that it's a story that you want to tell for as far as professional wrestling historians and people who like to be entertained, it's not a fact to throw a microscope on somebody or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's, it grips you for an hour or however long the show's on. And it tells you a story that necessarily would not possibly be told by Ric Flair or Vince McMahon or whomever. These are stories that, you know, are researched. These are stories that are edited and, and, and cropped together for the sake of entertainment on television. Um, I, I've watched all of them. And I'll, I'll continue to watch them. It's not, not going to deter me. Um, but I'll tell you, it's, I hope for Ric Flair's sake that this just blows over. Because Ric Flair, even after he left the WWE on the terms that he did, which was fine, he went over to um, NWA, you know, and it was the, the recrowning of the NWA world champion. And he was the first person, one of the main people to hold that title. And it wasn't on pay-per-view. You know, it, was, it was on internet. It was on streaming and whatever, it's, you know maybe a thousand people in the building, but he got in the ring and he talked. And the first thing he did was thank Vince McMahon, thank Triple H, thank WWE for giving him the platform to be Ric Flair for all those years. Right. You know, so, yeah. and that's how, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So 
And you have to watch what you say because I don't know if you know, but it looks like Tommy Dreamer, I guess, on that same show, defended yep. Ric Flair. And now I think he's been fired from Impact, whatever role he was in or suspended. Yeah, they had, to, they had to slap him on the wrist. I mean, it'll just it'll be a matter of time. It'll blow over and he'll come back. Because he's been with Impact Wrestling for a long time now, yeah. um, being one of their main advisors and, and performers and, and things like that. But because of the role he played on that show – I don't see Rob Van Dam getting any kickback from anything he said on that show. Rob Van Dam is sitting there talking like, oh, yeah, the boys used to do this, that, and the other thing. Just all Rob Van Dam-ish, you know, talking about it in his – I'm like, okay, well, what did he do? Or or uh, Mike Chioda, you know, our favorite referee, you know, who was on that flight talking about, oh, yeah, the boys this, the boys that thing. I'm like, okay. I, like, I just see the peep the Ric Flair. And then, of course, because it was so directly related, Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy Dreamer's a big fish in the Impact Pond. So – Somebody got a slap on the wrist, got to do what they got to do, paperwork-wise. Um, got to say, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to release him. We're going to let him go, whatever. And he could still be an outside advisor. He could still get, be getting paid. He just can't be on television. And then maybe a year or two down the road, he'll come right back. Same thing with Ric Flair. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Same right. thing that happened with Hulk Hogan in the WWE. Got slapped on the wrist, got taken out of everything for a while, and then all, you know, all of a sudden, here he is, back. But – I like, and I got to put out Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. It's, it's an interesting thing to watch. Sometimes it gets deep. I don't think that thing that episode was meant to get deep. I think it was meant to be entertaining. I mean, it's funny yeah. to think yeah. about Brock Lesnar and Kurt Hennig wrestling on a plane. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And Kurt Hennig is dead. He's been dead for a long time. You know, and God bless Mr. Perfect. But what are they going to do to that legacy? Nothing. What yeah. are they going to do to Brock Lesnar's legacy? Brock Lesnar ain't. Nobody's saying nothing to nobody about Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I agree with you. Listen, the plane ride from hell has been told many times, you know, in personal interviews by many of the wrestlers that were right. there. And it's always an entertaining listen. Like, it, it's supposed to be this crazy plane ride that happened where a bunch of crazy stuff happens, and you just kind of look back on it, and you laugh at how wild these guys were on this plane. Yeah. And you, honestly, you're just like, well, I'm just happy that the plane landed and y'all made it home. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It can go on. Yeah. And, and that there was no other plane ride to happen like that. But, you know, to try and bring everybody under scrutiny, you know, or specifically Ric Flair under scrutiny, um, it's just, it, I don't know, it just, it just baffles me. Um, like you said, I mean, heck, they, people could bring Brock Lesnar under scrutiny for, you know, them wrestling could have brought down a plane if they had a bust this up, you know, but. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, the Ric Flair thing, it just gets me, man. Uh, it's just another one of the opportunities to me for people to try and stand on a moral high ground yeah, and criticize somebody so that they don't have to look inward at themselves and see the things that they do wrong in life. So Yeah, and that's true. And, and it's amazing if if we had social media back then, would the Attitude Era have happened the way it did? Would the NWO thing in WCW taken off the way it did? I don't think so. I think it would all have been short-lived. I think it would all – and it would all have been negative press instead of positive press. But I'm, I'm kind of glad – this is what I said before. Everything happens for a reason and everything happens – you know, timing is, is an essence. That, that stuff gives us a reason to be talking today on this podcast. Yeah. Um, about company, stuff. I will say this too. I wish companies would start to take a stand, man. Like I, I get so frustrated sometimes when companies are just so quick to like cut people off at like the slightest whiff 
of like some bad publicity. Yeah. You know, and it's like they don't take a stand for anything for no context. And that's why I always give big props to Fox. You know, back when Nick Cannon went through his little thing, I think last year, uh, when he made some like anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Viacom MTV just pulled the plug. Even though Nick Cannon had apologized and said he was going to educate, they just pulled the plug. And Fox was like, well, it looks like Nick Cannon apologized, said he's going to educate himself. So we're going to keep him on as the host of the match. And then what did Viacom do much later? Oh yeah, well, well, we'll take him back. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. And so I was, I was happy with Fox for taking a stand because it's like, if a person apologizes, you move on from it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what, what more are you trying to penalize a person for if they learn from it? So, like, what can you do? Like, what are you? T- I mean, you can't take away somebody's history and legacy. Nick, Nick, Nick Cannon is is entertaining. He's got you know several years of different things under his belt. You know, uh, comedy, entertainment, all, all kinds of stuff. And what are you gonna? What are you trying to do? Yeah, so are you trying to say right, Nick Cannon is not that guy? Like, are you trying to like ban him from life or something? Right. Yeah. And I think that I think that that's I think that. There's also, I think, this thing when it comes to celebrities that makes it easy for people to do this because they don't look at these celebrities as real people. No. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, we should just cancel them, right? And, and these companies should just fire them. And then they should just never work again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what if this was like one of your friends or your neighbor or your family member? It's like that would hurt you, right? Because Or hurt them, right? Because they would not be able to provide for themselves, for their families. They, you know what I'm saying? All of this stuff, like, these, these are jobs that these people have, and you're pretty much like they should never work again. What? Messing like, with somebody's livelihood. They don't, exactly. People don't understand that. People are, like, trying to get a rise out of somebody on social media or something, say something clever, get some clicks, get some likes, whatever the case may be. You don't realize, yeah, that this is a human being with a life, with a family, with a job, with income, with responsibilities. I mean, that's where that's where the line's got to be drawn, and I don't think the the mass of people are going to think that way. Yeah, no, um, no, they don't. But it, it's a shame too. But hopefully, with outlets like this, even if you know on the basis that we're on, we can let people. Hey, man, it's not that serious. You know, people are there to entertain you, especially celebrities. They're celebrity for a reason. Whether whatever the reason is, whether you agree with it or not, that's why they're a celebrity. So. Let them do their thing. You do yours. If you want to talk about it, great, but don't go messing with somebody's livelihood. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like anything that we say is not going to mess with somebody's livelihood. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think we got that kind of impact. But anyway, let's, um, yeah. let's jump Moving to something on. else. So, Moving yeah, on, because this is what we you. do. Have, That's a great conversation, yeah. Big Ugly. I love I it. A question for you. Go for it. Have you watched the show Heels? That's on Stars. Uh, you know, it's on my list because apparently Stars is not on my Xfinity package, which is okay. crazy. Have you? Yes. Okay, good. Because I want to, uh, without spoiling it for me, I want to hear perspective because I've heard uh, a lot of the kickback from the show, like how the show is creatively, how it deals with professional wrestling, how does how is wrestling reflected in the show, how is the acting, how is the actual portray, portrayment of the wrestling. Uh, I want to hear... So far, you know, how much have you seen and what do you think of it? Because you're, you're the TV guy. You're the movie guy. So yeah. I, I respect your opinion. So I'm fully caught up with the show. Um, I will say that the show, the show has been – it's been decent so far. It's been good. Um, it is one of those shows where I'm like, I don't really know how far this show can go. However, the biggest thing for me, I think, is that the show takes place in like a very small town, mm-hmm. independent, like, promotion. And it gets easy to get sucked in because the town itself looks like one of them old 1980s towns. Like they just haven't come out of the 
that old school 80s. However, it is completely modern day. And so sometimes that throws me off because you'll, you'll be thinking to yourself like you're watching it and it's like, this looks like the 80s. Mm-hmm. And all of these places look like, you know, you're back in time and then people are whipping out cell phones. And it's like, oh, yeah, it is like modern day. Okay. But, um, so that throws me off. However, as far as like the acting and stuff um, and some of the things that they've been doing with the story, I enjoy. It definitely pulls back the curtain on what goes into book and wrestling uh, matches and storylines. And essentially it's following the it's following the story of a brother, you know, Stephen Amell character, mm-hmm. whose father used to run a promotion and now he's taking it over and he's on top and him and his brother uh, are, are like in a promotion. So it's about their family dynamic. And then also of course, you know, wrestling in general and trying to take this promotion to the next level. Okay. Yeah. So as far as you talked about, you know, booking and wrestling, so they do talk about a lot of the, the backstage stuff they kind of show you like story-wise like you know as far as creating storylines creating characters booking shows uh booking talent booking you know towns whatever paying people so they do show uh a little behind the scenes of, of a lot of that stuff absolutely that's a Good. big part of it yep that's a big part of it the guy jack spade Stephen amell's character he's the bookie and he's you know working as well and so, yeah, they talk about him writing the storylines and, you know, you got some of the disgruntled wrestlers that want different spots and, you know, so on and so forth. What is um, CM Punk's role in all of this thing? Is he a wrestling advisor? Is he in the show? Like, what, do, so, what does he do? Yeah, Punk was in one episode of the show. He played a wrestler that had came into town for, for, for one show to try and help them boost the, the, uh, the, uh, the you know, the buys. Okay. From the CM. Yeah, he's like a... I guess he. I guess he's supposed to be like a famous indie wrestler. Maybe he was like because they don't say WWE. What they say is up north. So that up north is supposed to be like the big WWE wrestling promotion. And so uh, I think Punk's character maybe at one point had like worked for them, but he's like you know long past. He's kind of like past his prime, and you know he just came down for this morning. Hmm. Interesting. Kind of reflects uh, what what he's doing in uh, in actuality. Well, almost a little bit, but um, a little bit bigger scale. Okay. Well, it's definitely on my list. I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah. So there's yeah, one yeah, season so far, right? Yeah. Yep. It's just one season. It hasn't even finished the complete season. It's only okay. on like, episode six, I think. So. Okay. So it's it's worth the investment for stars. I think. Um. That, then I mean, there's a lot of different things on stars. I've been watching my HBO Max though, man. Um. I've been uh, on top of uh, especially all the releases that come out that are in theaters. I just watched yeah. Cry, Cry Macho, um, Clint Eastwood directing and producing and starring in a movie at 90 years old. Right. Um, unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. Just, right. just, on, just incredible. Just um, but uh, HBO Max, man, and uh, The Many Saints of Newark coming up on October 1st, the prequel to The Sopranos. Holy shit, am I ready for that? Pardon yeah, my language. Know, I, I, when when I, I was like when it when I first saw the trailer I was like who asked for this? However, I'm going to see it because I, I love the Sopranos and after watching the trailer, you know, a couple more times, I'm I'm actually excited for it. I hope so, and I, I'm really excited that the fact that um that uh, James Gandolfini's son 
is actually playing a younger Tony Soprano. Yes. Which is incredible. Perfect. And Perfect. a lot of these storylines that were pre-Sopranos, like Dickie Maltesanti and all this kind of stuff that we never got to see, just in flashback form a little bit in The Sopranos, um, I'm excited. And they actually, HBO2 right now is playing uh, all The Sopranos, like a season a day leading up to that. So, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's pretty tight. So I ate my HBO Max, and you can watch all The Sopranos on HBO, HBO Max, all that kind of stuff. I've been watching my Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They've been throwing on uh, – uh, they, they got the flight attendant, Kaylee Cuoco's new thing on there. Um, they got different stuff, Superman and Lois, the new show that was on um, CW. They got that on there. The, the Adventures of Lois and Clark with Dean Cain yeah, and Tara Hatcher. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy crap. They got all kinds of stuff. I've been watching it all day. Um, but I'll tell you one thing I have been watching, Big Ugly. I've been watching Peacock a lot, and um, I've been digging back because they've uploaded a lot more. They keep uploading a lot more of the WWE um, – library and yeah. it's all wc wwe wcw old school vhs um you know things that were on the network specials uh any kind of stuff w uh wcw ecw whatever so i've been i've been loading up man and i've been watching things that i first watched 20 years ago with a different set of eyes you feel me like mm -hmm. i was in a different part of my life I was watching it with a different set of eyes. And now that I've been on the other side of the guardrail and I'm watching these kind of things, some of them are very entertaining. Um, some of them are absolute garbage, but, <laughs> and I don't mean to downplay wrestling, but sometimes you got to, sometimes it's things just don't work yeah. and they know it and they, you know, they don't use it. Anyway. But I will tell you a couple things that have been catching my eye. Okay. 1993. I can't remember which show it was, but it was a one-off that WCW did. And, uh, it was the return of RoboCop. So RoboCop was actually on WCW television uh, twice. And it was actual RoboCop coming down to the ring, tearing open a cage door, uh, walking. He never pulled out a gun and shot anybody, never said anything, just somebody in a RoboCop costume. And I'm like, back then I thought it was the goofiest thing in the world, but I love RoboCop, at least a lot of the RoboCop lore, some of it I don't care for, but I do enjoy the original RoboCop lore. And just kind of seeing that, and I'm like, wait a minute, this makes no sense whatsoever. No. Like, what is RoboCop doing in a professional wrestling ring? Right. But then I tried to see, like, what they were doing as far as the sports entertainment side of it, and I get it. You know, I, I, I see what they were trying to do, marrying sports entertainment with professional wrestling. Yes. Goofy, but I get it. Um, yes. So... But I've been watching Peacock, man. I've been going back. Um, yes. Things like uh, Hog Wild, Road Wild, WCW, Sturgis, uh, North Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota, so what, wherever the, all the motorcycles come in all week for bike week. Yeah. And then they put the WCW ring right in the middle and they have all the bikes come up and surround. That. I mean, that, that's just cool, man. That's a cool helicopter shot. That's cool with the, the bikes going and, and the gas rolling. Now, yeah. the shows weren't great in content. Jay Leno wrestled on one of them, as a matter of fact. Um but it doesn't matter. It's right, like it's, right. it's the it's the experience of the thing, yeah. and I think you can appreciate that on the entertainment side, Big Ugly. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you're you're kind of doing what I was what I was doing last year when I when I was like going through uh, like all of the the raws starting in like 1998 mm -hmm. uh, with there, which kind of brings me to this point I was going to bring up with you and ask you, yeah, because uh, you know going through that, what I saw a lot was that number one, the talent roster was a lot smaller during that time period. Um, and they didn't have a brand split and they kind of like used the same guys, you yeah. know, every, every episode, this brought, brings me to this with the draft. 
WWE, the main roster, has gotten rid of a lot of people over the past, like, two years. Hmm. I am. I feel like they should end the brands and go back to one, just one roster, and just use all the stories. You know what I'm saying? Like utilize the guys through that. Like, what do you think? Or do, is the brand still necessary? I don't think the brand split in the way that we know it now is necessary. Because we know it now is it's Raw versus SmackDown. It's the blue versus the red. You know, it's that kind of thing. I don't think we need that anymore. I think Raw can be Raw. Keep, you know, your talent on Raw. I think SmackDown can be SmackDown. But I don't think the, the roster is so expansive and you've got fuel coming in from so many different places that you could use that time to tell stories better. Um, and to put more juice instead of saying, okay, I like, I like what's happening on Fox. I like what's happening on SmackDown. Now I got to wait a whole week to see it again. Mm-hmm. No, nah, man. I, want, I liked when you saw something on SmackDown, which was Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns. And then they said Roman Reigns is going to be at Raw. And right. you know what? That was one of the best things on Raw when they had the bloodline taking on the, the, you know, Raw versus SmackDown in the main event. And I was like, I didn't see this Raw versus SmackDown. I saw it as WWE versus WWE, and they were putting their best guys together. And, and it was magic. It was beautiful. Right. I, I thought it was great. Right, because, I mean, the, the brand split forces you to take your best guys and to split them apart. Yeah. Every time you're doing that, you're always limiting your options for both shows. And you're always pissing somebody off because when SummerSlam came out and Fox said, Oh, damn, we're getting Brock Lesnar. Fox said, oh, yeah, we're getting Becky Lynch. Oh, yeah, we got Roman Reigns. USA said, what the F? You know, (laughs) not that, you know, downplaying anybody on those shows, but, like, where's our big mainstream talent main event people? They're all on Fox. Right, yeah, yeah. So I don't – do you want your audience split like that, especially in an audience that you're trying to bring a live audience back to? Do you want to split them up and say – you know, we're going to have raw people in this show. We're going to have SmackDown. No, because on the live events now, you got super shows. So you got raw on TV, you got SmackDown on TV. Everybody's traveling to bo- both shows anyway on all the rosters. They're all backstage. No, nobody gets a day off. And then when you go to the live shows, the live events, it's everybody anyway. Yeah. So why do you need, keep Monday Night Raw, keep Friday Night SmackDown or SmackDown Live, whatever you want to call it, but just mix everything up. Don't don't limit your options like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. But with a draft though, is that really the way they're going to go? Because obviously with the draft, they're going to say this person goes to raw and this person goes to SmackDown. It's like, nah, man, because eventually you're going to have sharing or cross promoting or whatever anyway. So it doesn't even really matter when they did it the first time when SmackDown came on and they had, you know, SmackDown trying to establish itself as a, primary show and it did smackdown was the main show for a long time even though raw was the flagship i i don't think you need that internal competition anymore because you have competition out there you have nwa you have impact you have aew for god's sake everybody nipping at your heels and taking all of your talent that you're not using right right and i feel like if you combine the talent pool you probably can create some better storylines hopefully you know which may, brings me to this that I have written down. Let's do it. Do you you taking notes, Big Ugly? I'm proud of you. Yeah, right. Do you think 
does WWE have anything to worry about, right? And I say this because we have not talked since Daniel Bryan and CM Punk joined uh, AEW. Which we got to touch on that too, but go ahead. So we got two big, big, huge WWE stars have gone to AEW. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's probably more that's going to file in soon. Brave still out there, whatever. Yep. What do you think? Like, or is it still just they don't really need to worry? These guys aren't competition. WWE is not losing money. If anything, they're saving money with all the talent that they're letting go and all the contracts that they're opening up. WWE is not going to get pushed out of anything with Fox, out of anything with USA. WWE is not going to lose any live event um, revenue, pay-per-view revenue, um, especially if they do it right and have the big, big, big shows in big stadiums, you know, things like that. I don't think WWE has anything to worry about. But here's where, as a whole, but WWE does have to concern themselves with the fact that all of, not all of it, a lot of the talent that is leaving WWE for whatever reason is ending up on these other shows. Like there's, there's options out there now. Yeah. In the mid, in, in the early 2000s, there was no other real option. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's so many options. Do you really want Daniel Bryan going to AEW as Bryan Danielson as himself and making a bigger name for himself than he was at the end of WWE as his WWE run. Like, do you really want CM Punk to, I I don't think they care about him too much, but as far as him leaving the WWE as it did, but he left on top, he was the champion. He, you know, he wrestled the undertaker at WrestleMania. He still left on top. Um, And right now CM Punk is, is huge, but he's still, in the mid card, he's, I mean, he's semi-main. He's not up there in title picture. But do you really want these people that are leaving WWE to go over to, to AEW and do better than they did? Is that the kind of press that you want? Because if WWE wants to avoid negative press, they got to think, what's the end game of what's going to happen here? What's going to happen a year or two down the road? Maybe right now, WWE say, we got nothing for you. Boom, you out the door. I don't think they have to worry as a whole, but I think they have to worry about little things. And I would hope that it would light a fire under the WWE saying, we need to, even though we're not competing, we need to work like we are. Yeah, we need to compete. We're not competing, but we need to compete. Yeah. yeah. We need to put on a show. It, it's, it's not necessarily about ratings or revenue or whatever. It's about what can we do? I can do anything better than you, you know, whatever the, that's the line is. The WWE obviously has the, the resources, the time, the, the shows everywhere to do things bigger and better. But will they? They yeah. can, but will they? So, like I, I said, that the, the six-man match that was on Raw was, was wonderful. Um, you know, the tag team gauntlet match where the New Day got, got buried, but I thought that was a good idea. Um, Big E went in the title, popped. Don't, we got to see where to go with it, but these, they need to, they need to work harder uh, because AEW is putting on a show. And this is one other thing that I will answer your question with AEW is putting on a show for the audience in person. They're not necessarily tra- It translates to TV, but they're not worried about what's going to happen on the TV end of it. And they're not looking at the next 
down the road. They're looking at what do we have right here and now. WWE is booking WrestleMania next year, but they don't know if a pandemic's going to happen. They don't know who's going to be there next year. They don't know who's going to be hot on TV and not on TV, who they're going to pull back, who they're going to push forward. AEW is focused on the here and the now, and I think that's why it's so much more exciting to watch the here and the now. And I can go to WWE and I'll be like, I'll just DVR it and fast forward to the shit I don't want to watch. Right. I don't want to feel like that. I want to watch. You yeah. know, so is that, I don't know if that answered your question or if I totally went off on a tangent, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think you're right. Like, they don't necessarily have, you know, something to, to worry about. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like WWE and AEW are doing the same thing? And by this, I mean, both of them continue to draw on talent, superstardom of the past, and find <clears> it unable to actually build superstars now. For example, it's no secret. Look, look what's happened with WWE. We, as soon as we get towards one of their bigger shows, we're getting Brock Lesnar back. We get Goldberg. I mean, they're freaking. We got John Cena. We got John Cena. They might be bringing the Undertaker back for an appearance. You know, it's like, all right, they, they still got to draw from like these past guys. And now AEW, in a sense, kind of doing the same thing. They started off having a bunch of fresh faces with the exception of somebody like Jericho. Now they mostly, most of their roster is ex-WWE superstars, you know, especially their top guys. Do you think AEW is just kind of like, well, we just need the best of the best? Or do you think that they're falling into the same trap of feeling like we got to have the already made guys in order to stay relevant? I hope it's not the second thing. Um, I, I hope it's not because that's exactly what WCW did because they took every main eventer that WWE had in the late 80s, early 90s, and they tried to keep them relevant moving on. They didn't, they didn't focus on their current talent as much as they could have. They built a couple of in-house stars like Goldberg, but they had Kevin Nash, uh, uh, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, oh, uh, Randy Savage. Max Luger. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what happened? WCW ended up having to fold and sell its company to Vince McMahon because they got themselves in too much financial trouble when people didn't want to see that anymore. And they weren't making pay-per-view revenue. They weren't making uh, live event revenue. Nobody wanted to see the same thing that they watched 10 years ago. Right. So here's my answer to your question. AEW is balancing it out very well right now. Um, because look what, look, look, Look at the stories and the matchups that you're seeing. I don't know how much you're watching AEW, but CM Punk came in. We got the nostalgic pop. It was beautiful. Seven years past that, you know, Tony Khan bought cult, cult of personality, which keeps him in the know with the fans of professional wrestling, which is beautiful. Um, he came in. He didn't trash WWE necessarily on the mic. He made it about himself, his life, his love of pro wrestling, and then he went right into Darby Allen. Darby Allen is their up-and-comer. Yeah. So he, he took about 10 minutes for himself, and then he put the focus on Darby Allen to take his superstardom and link Darby Allen onto it. And even though CM Punk won the match against Darby Allen, it was a fight. Doesn't take anything against away from Darby Allen. Matter of fact, it just builds him up better and now on friday on this week on aew he's going against hobbs which is another young upstart guy so cm punk is allowing himself to enjoy what he loves to do in pro wrestling and other people attach themselves to his star daniel bryan i don't know if you saw this but we talked about this a little bit earlier but um his first match in aew was against kenny omega who is aew's poster child 
um, number one wrestler in the world, PWI 500, and they had a 30-minute Broadway that went to a draw, so they left themselves open. Doesn't make anybody look any better or any worse. It wasn't for a title. It was a classic pro wrestling match. It was wonderful. I, I encourage anybody that hasn't seen it to go back and watch the entire match. It was beautiful. Um, so, Daniel Bryan's superstardom from WWE is coming on to uh, Kenny Omega. So, you just got two stars pushing each other higher. Um, Alistair Black and Cody Rhodes. So, Cody's well-established in AEW. Alistair Black never got his push footing in, in WWE. So, now he's over here doing that. Miro, Rusev, um, was flailing in WWE. He was doing great stuff. There were great things. They had Rusev Day. Things were going to get so much better than WWE didn't want it to happen. He went over. He's the TNT champion. He's having fantastic matches. He's wrestling all of the internal TNT people. So they're mixing it up well right now. Uh, Sting. Sting is not being pushed too far. He's He's teaming up with Darby Allen, and they're going against people. Sting has had two matches, maybe three, but they've all been tag team matches with Darby, and they let him do his thing. That, that makes him Scorpion Death Drop, Scorpion Death Lock, whatever, Stinger Splash, and they let Darby get all the shine. Beautiful. Um, and and whatever, whatever team that they're facing just gets pushed up that much higher. Right. So to answer your question, <laughs> right now it's a good balance. They need to keep that up because the – influx of talent that just keeps coming you even said bray wyatt could be uh showing up in aew very soon um you know rick flair is is uh him and andrade andrade's in ww uh or in aew like and he's going against uh Pac, who was uh neville adrian neville in wwe who never got the push that he deserved over there so but there's so much talent and this is what i talk about with you and cm funk on the other podcasts are they loading themselves up too much? But they do have a second show now. They have Rampage. They have two YouTube shows, Dark and Evolution, which are an hour, two hours, whatever. So they have a lot of content. Um, and they're putting on good shows for the live audiences. I, I just love to see Enzo come. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just No, man. You know, if, uh, if there's no politics with the boys in the back, that would be beautiful. Yeah. Um, he's definitely on the indie wrestling circuit, making a good living for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's doing his own thing. And he's called NZO. NZO so it's yeah. Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> the I mean, real one, yeah. which is his Instagram handle. So, um, yeah, I would love to see that too. But I think as long as they give things for these people to do, uh, Mark Henry, uh, Paul White, um, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, as long as they give these people things to do that they're happy doing, that they can excel at doing, whether it's main event, whether it's commentary, whether it's behind the scenes. Hey, that's okay. Cause WWE was just kind of letting, just paying them to kind of do nothing. Yeah. And I, I can't believe that guy, that can be uh, creatively stimulating, you know? Um, Cause the WWE all they, uh, but they're letting go of so many people. I mean, they're just opening themselves up. I don't think they have anything to worry about. And I think where they're going to invest their real money um, is going to be in the live shows going forward, and in especially in the big ones, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, um, SummerSlam. I guess Money in the Bank is going to be a big one because that's going to be in Vegas in a 50,000-seat theater next year. I, I don't know. But, hey, I, I, I hope I didn't go on too much of a tangent, but, but what do you think? Is it dangerous? Does WWE have to worry? 
No, I listen, everything you said I completely agree with. I don't think that WWE has to work. I think that I, I completely agree with you. I just wish they would compete. Um, it seems like they're trying to. I feel like part of that's part of the reason that maybe we're seeing this NXT makeover kind of thing and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I'm just hoping that they will push a little further, um, you know, to, to really, like, stay in the creative game. And I agree with you with AEW. They've got to be careful to keep that balance so that they don't just slip back into the, the habits that, you know, like WCW has done, you know, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like no matter what WWE has going for it that – I mean, let's just be frank, right? Like, AEW's biggest stars were WWE made. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we just can't get away from it, right? Yeah. Just like WCW stars were WWE made. I mean, when you ask people – on the street that probably don't watch professional wrestling at all. So you, you say like, Oh, you know, AEW, they're probably going to be like, what? But if you say WWE, WWF, everybody knows that, you know what I'm saying? And you can't get away from that. Like when people think professional wrestling, WWE is what they think, you know, and it, it would be hard for AEW to move into that arena, especially in this day and age where wrestling just isn't what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't think WWE has anything to worry about, like, competition-wise, like, going out of business like they did, you know, in the 90s. But yeah, I think they should – like you said, they, they, they don't need to compete, but I, I wish they would compete because it's obvious that AEW storyline and wrestling is, like, running circles around them. At mm-hmm. um, and WWE, so much freaking content – and like only one good show. Like everybody <laughs> just wants to see SmackDown. You know what I'm saying? And it's like your flagship show is flailing, bro. Like it's it's bad. And like you said, it took Roman Reigns coming to Raw to be excited for Raw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Amen good, to that. You know good for Roman Reigns, man, because he he is now that star that everyone is looking forward to seeing. You know what I'm saying? For so long, WWE wanted it, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is tiring." But he's that guy, man. <laughs> you know, and God bless him for uh, working through it and, uh, you know, you know, toughing it out. Because, I mean, that, man, that man's been through hernia surgery. I know something about that. That man's been through leukemia a couple times. Uh, and, and he's still doing his thing. And, you know, he always gets in there, works hard, you know, takes whatever is coming to him from the crowd. Um, and he worked all the way through it. And now he is their main eventer. He is their homegrown you know, he is the biggest star in the WWE at this point. Yeah. Um, and anything that he is involved with is, is going to get turned almost to gold, especially with Heyman, um, you know, running, running shot with him too, because that's, that's huge because anybody who can promote something, that's Paul Heyman. Right. But uh, Roman Reigns is taking this head of the table uh, kind of thing, you know, your tribal chief, acknowledge him. It's good. Yeah. It's real good, and it's good for anybody, whether it be Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, uh, anybody to kind of come up against him and say, "Man, I want to, I want to try for it. I want to, you know, I want to, I want a shot." Yeah. You know, it's good. I, God bless him. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he stays protected. But then again, I don't want him to be too protected because I want him to get in there and do what he did to get to this spot, and that's putting on real good. Uh, real good storytelling matches. You know, that was part of his, you know, way to get there. 
Um, I think any, I th- I, and you said it, Roman Reigns is on Fox. Yeah. And it took Roman Reigns to come to Raw to get Raw to get Papa rating. So, I mean, right. it's amazing. So, yeah, I, I love what Roman Reigns is doing. And I love that Paul Heyman's with him. And I think this whole Brock Lesnar, I think Bobby Lashley uh, has a shot to continue doing what he's doing and now gets a little fire back underneath of him. Because he's been a champion for a while, let's be honest. Um, you know, he won the title a, a, a while before WrestleMania, I think. Um, and he went to WrestleMania, defended against Drew, and won. Lashley, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, and, and it's yeah, Lashley. But I mean, Lashley opened up WrestleMania, defended and, and won. So I mean, that's great. And and Drew McIntyre, I think he's doing well with the mid card role that he's playing now. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's overly. But they kind of took him out of the main event storyline, which is good. They need to back him off. Yeah. Uh, he had his year, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think he and, had his year. I think it was good. I think the fans were behind him. I think taking a step back and having him move back, it it was fine, you know. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, yeah. And, and and Drew, I think I think we know Drew is one of those guys, like, he's going to be back in the main event. Oh, yeah. He's already proven that he can do it, you know. And I think that uh, now that they're having fans again, you know, um, in the in the stands, like, yeah, we'll see Drew back there, you know. Yeah. And I think uh, we'll see what happens with this draft. But, I mean, there's, there's a couple interesting things on WWE. You mentioned the NXT thing. I want to touch on that real quick. I, I don't know uh, how, how we're doing on time here, but I haven't seen the countdown clock yet. Yeah, um, is this an, I would say, is this unlimited? Because I feel like we've been talking for a while. Yeah. No, NXT 2.0. Um, I, was, I heard about it changing. I was wondering what they were doing. The first thing I saw, uh, you know, was a big colorful rainbow type uh, thing. So I'm like, is this, is this for equality? Is this for, I mean, what is the, what's the deal? Why are they doing this? Because um, NXT kind of was, you know, it's been the black and gold for a while. And it was running, I think they were running pretty well neck and neck with uh, the, the top two shows. Uh, if nothing else, they were, you know, they actually probably were being number two. So I don't know if they wanted to pull them back a little bit and say, look, man, focus on Raw and SmackDown, and we're going to change up NXT. Not to take it back a step, but to just change a content a little bit. So they brightened it up. You know, uh, there's a lot of lighting. There's a lot of colors. There's, uh, you know, the white on the ropes now instead of the black. Um, the canvas is uh, the dark or the, the very light blue as far, and, and instead of the gray. Um, the arena is all lit up. Uh, you know, the colors, even the, the symbol, NXT, it's all lit up. And they're calling it NXT 2.0. And they actually, from one week to another, they changed. Um, they took a lot of people and moved them over to Raw and SmackDown. They uh, moved a couple people over. And they're taking all their Performance Center people and throwing them all up into the NXT mix. Um, so... I like it so far, uh, and, and I will say the, the one thing that I've been really engrossed with, and I don't know if you saw any of it, but the uh, Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell index, um, the whole courtship for months and months leading up to the wedding and the wedding itself. It was great. It was great. It was I mean, I love it. Yeah. That, is, that is what I love to see in professional wrestling. You want to take the mix of professional wrestling and real life and make it relatable and fun and funny, and they did it to a yeah. T. and. Yeah. That's yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, I had. I, it was definitely fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I I was. I didn't fast forward through any of it. Right. I watched it live. I didn't want to. I didn't want to wait. I wanted. I didn't want to watch it on DVR. I wanted to watch the thing. 
And I loved it. And I hope they keep going with the storyline because there's ways that they can go. There's things that they can do with that. Yeah. I have um, seen, uh, I've not seen uh, the new NXT yet. I haven't watched it since they've gone to 2.0. <clears throat> um, I'm interested to see how this goes, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, and to know, and this is backstage stuff, and this is just on the internet, that, um, you know, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are pretty much – the end-all be-all of that show, but they're the end-all be-all of Raw and SmackDown, too. So if all three shows start looking exactly alike, that's going to be bad. I need difference. Uh, I want, uh, you know, and I don't mind Raw and SmackDown, the main roster, like you said, uh, let's, let's mix it all up and let's give more people for more storylines. You can Sure, you can have certain people that are on Raw and they're on SmackDown, but let that be the, the, the B and the C players. Let the A players mix it up and go around and let's um let's get your main storylines telling more stories. Time more time to do it. Yeah. Do you so, feel like do you feel like NXT would benefit from truly going back to like a developmental territory considering how NXT talent is usually brought up and not doesn't yeah. doesn't transition well all the time. And the reason I say this is because I'm like when you had developmental, right? Like OVW and these guys came up, you didn't know who they were, so you couldn't form an opinion or you couldn't be like, oh, this guy should be here or he was so great and OB, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, okay, it's just a new guy on the scene. But it's like when you get like a Keith Lee who was like double champion and the guy down at NXT and then he comes to the main roster and he's floundering, it, it like puts a bad taste in your mouth. You get Karrion Cross, same thing, dominant NXT, comes into the main roster. It's not that he hasn't been dominant, but he's been mediocre. You know, it's like he – it's just like, ah, they don't bring him up with – with uh, what's her name? Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that was a huge part of his character. It's just like – and so it's like because you know this and you've seen this, you want to see that thing, and then it's just like you guys are just – like, you know, mishandling it. So what do you yeah. think? Just keep NXT as a brand. Like, it, it needs- I, I mean, I don't mind the branding, but yeah, I need more. I think it needs to be more developmental. I think uh, they got two hours on television. Doesn't necessarily have to be live every week. Um, you know, let that be developmental. Take a lot of the, the glitz and the glamour out of it. You know, take a lot of the storyline out of it. Um, you know, and have that kind of stuff culminate. You know, have your two-hour shows that are just kind of, just building, building, um, not necessarily stories, but building superstars and then have your NXT takeovers once every couple of months on Peacock. And then that'll, that'll show you where it's going. And then eventually when you see these people in WWE, don't change them, you know, bring them up as, as a, as a version of NXT because it, you know, obviously it's going to be different levels, but leave it as developmental because when you try to blur the lines, nine out of 10 times, it's going to get screwed up. Um, or at least in our eyes, it's going to get screwed up because I, and, and carrying cross is the most recent example. Uh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't lost any, well, yeah, he did lose once or twice, uh, but it's just, I don't like what they're doing. It's like, it's not an extension of carrying cross from NXT. It's a completely different washed out version. And, and from what Scarlett, I did look into that. Scarlett was not cleared to, to compete or cl- not cleared to be on to, I don't know why. I don't know if it was medical or mm-hmm. if there's another reason, but she just hadn't been cleared. I don't know if that's changed yet, right. but she wasn't around at the end of NXT either for carrying. She wasn't there when he lost the title. So I, I hope this new version of NXT 
is developmental, but I, I don't want to see like Rick Steiner's son, who is actually in NXT getting a push right now. Um, I don't want to see him dominate or get a big push over there. And then the next week show up on SmackDown and kind of be lost in a shuffle, right. get built up, then get, I don't want to say taken off of NXT, but then start on Raw. Don't get thrown into something on Raw. Go to Raw and be in a dark match or something right. where people can get used to you on the live audience thing. And then get thrown in a Battle Royal or a Royal Rumble, something small. Yes. Um, and then – right. That's right. I don't need to see a main eventer come over, try to be a main eventer, and it's boom. It ain't going to happen. Right. So I hope it's strictly developmental. And I think if you look at it, I would watch one show um, and just kind of see – that because the first show I think um, was the index wedding, which was great. So that was on the first NXT 2.0. So if you watch anything else from that show, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Although poor Samoa Joe, he was in WWE, got let out of his contract. They came back to bring him into into NXT as an enforcer. He did a great job. Then they brought him back as a wrestler. He won the title, and now he's injured. Injured. And uh, gave up the title, and now Tommaso Ciampa has the title, which I'm okay with. But, man, Samoa Joe is so talented, and I don't know if it, he's legitimately injured or if there's another problem going on. But I feel like he must have been legitimately injured, but I don't know. I feel That's like there's a word on it. Like, Nia Jax is, is injured right now. They're saying she's going to be out for an indefinite period. You know how many times Nia Jax has been injured? She's been injured a lot. It's like, I mean, this is somebody who – can be a, I mean, she had a great storyline with, I want to say it was Alexa Bliss with the whole bullying thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as she was coming up and it's the whole, uh, you know, big person versus the little person. And uh, she had a great run there. But, I mean, she got injured before that. She got injured after that. And she's now injured again. Yeah. Like, I mean – God bless her. It happens. People get injured. It's pro wrestling. I understand. But the Miz has been wrestling for 15 years. Has only been, legitimately been injured one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Miz on Dancing with the Stars. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen him on there, but he's been posting like TikToks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you, should, like, you know, yeah, Nia is just one of those people that's like injury prone, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I liked her, the beginning thing with her and, uh, Damn, what's the partner name that she just faced? Uh, oh, uh, Shayna. Shayna, yeah, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Like when they first started tag team, and I, you know, I love the dynamic and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate she can't stay healthy. Uh, you know, and then she had that like terrible match with Charlotte a few rounds ago, and it was just like, what the heck was happening? But yeah, so poor Charlotte on that one because Charlotte's actually been getting a pretty big push again, and that's hard to push somebody who's had the title eleven times and who's been there for seven years, but it was actually working. And then when you have a bad match. Live on television, it doesn't do anything good for you. Yeah, don't do anything good for you. Yeah. So, I, and it was weird because these are both two veterans at this point that, it, and they worked together before. Yeah. So I don't know. They just weren't clicking that night, I guess. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah. So, well, you know, Nia's out. So, we'll Nia's see. out. What do you um, think? Last thing I was going to ask you, Becky, go ahead. In her return, as you know, she's now a heel. Your thoughts on Becky? <laughs> you know, I like that she came back at SummerSlam. Was that the original plan? Yay, nay, I don't know. Was it okay to have her beat um, 
Damn, Bianca in 26 seconds by, uh, you know, basically a slap to the face and a move, you know, all, all the different things. I like the heel character. She did it before and it worked. Um, but it didn't work as well as it could now because now everybody wanted her to come back. Everybody expected her to come back. Everybody wanted to, you know, but you can't do the same thing that you were doing a year and a half ago before the pandemic. You just can't do it. Um, and she took herself out anyway because she had a baby. So yeah. everybody knows this. It's not like people don't know that she's married to Seth Rollins and they had a kid and whatever. And Seth is doing a good job reestablishing himself as a heel. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, yeah. So I'm thinking this Becky thing, even though it was annoying to begin with, I kind of understand why they're doing it. You need a reason to not like Becky Lynch because there were a lot of reasons to like her. She's a new mom. She was a champion. She was the biggest thing in the wrestling. She can still be the biggest thing in, in, in wrestling. She can be a heel though. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind the heel turn. I, I just, they're definitely doing like a slow heel turn. Like it's not full force. And at this point, it's just like, I just wish they would jump into it. It's like, I don't, it, it's like we all recognize what's happening. So like, just, just let her be a savage, you know, um, and just take it there, you know. Um, But she's kind of like still trying to act a bit cool, like almost like she's in this anti-hero phase. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, but it's obvious that uh, Bianca is like the true face, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like I said, to me personally, Becky's best time as the man was during the Ronda Rousey era. Um, you know, to me, that's when she shined the most. So, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But uh, I think the worst thing they could have done is if they tried to bring her back and do the exact same thing where she left off, that would have been stale, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I like this because it's different because, you know, you can only go two ways. You can go face or you can go heel. But this kind of transitional anti-hero thing, like you said, it's not a bad thing. It's just going to take, it's going to take some time for everybody that loved Becky to turn on her, but she's going to have to do some, she's going to have to get some cheap heat from the crowd. You're right. You know, no pandering. Yeah. And honestly, with Bianca being such a good heel in NXT, I think now she can be just as good as face or anti-hero kind of dealing back into it because because if it, Becky's going to go bitch on her, then Bianca's got to go bitch back on Becky. Like, we, we, need, we don't need, you know, cat fight. We need, we, we need two, two badass women, like, fighting each other. That's what we need. Yeah. So when we see this at Extreme Rules, hopefully it's the beginning of two blossoming characters um, and maybe the, a few that we'll see more than once. But uh, I think it's going to help Becky turn more heel and it's going to push Bianca even further as a face. Because I think what we were all talking about before, Bianca wasn't as believable because she, she was such a good heel in NXT. But then they brought her up and tried to be the, the white me baby face. I'm so happy. I'm so proud. My family, this, that, and the other thing. There's only so far that can go. Yeah. So I, I, like, I like it. I, I think it's got potential. And now I'm looking back at it and saying, well, we were watching SummerSlam. We got the big shock of the return. And we got something completely out of character, especially for Becky. A slap in the face. And basically, uh, went to her handshake, slap in the face. That's a heel thing to do. Uh, Hit a move, one, two, three, and ran out of the ring and grabbed the title. She didn't even celebrate. She just ran out like a heel. So I'm like, okay, that's the the slow beginning. 
and it's 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 just a good talking point. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with it. Let's see where it goes. Uh, and before we wrap up here, I just want to throw two more names out there because it seems like like everybody went to AEW. Adam Cole, Bebe, um, okay. actually debuted on the very same night that. Daniel Bryanson, uh, Brian Danielson did, which is pretty interesting. And Adam Cole aligned himself with the elite immediately. So he's a heel and will continue to be a heel. Um, and Adam Cole gets to be Adam Cole just in the AEW. So, uh, and Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho, uh, not even a non-compete clause. She just went right out and went right over and just started wrestling. Yeah. Good for her. Um, good for good, her. Good for Adam Cole. You know, I, you know, I think Adam Cole, would have made a good addition to the main roster of WWE, but I do think that truthfully AEW will probably utilize him better. And honestly, he probably would have, if he was going to stay at WWE, he probably would have been better off staying in NXT because I think that he, you know, really carved out a good thing for himself down there. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we obviously will not see the Undisputed Era anytime soon. So, nope. But, I mean, we were seeing a little too much of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I know that's great. They've been longtime friends, longtime coworkers. You know, it's great for them. I think it was just getting a little a little stale on AEW television. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't think Adam Cole, if he would have came up to the main roster, is there a chance, nine out of ten chance he would have got lost in a shuffle? Probably. Yeah. Um, but over in AEW, uh, his style of wrestling and being a smaller guy, I think uh, – I think he's going to be okay over there. They're going to have plenty for him to do. Like I said, they get, they got a lot of shows. They got a lot of content. They got a big roster of people. Um, and they're doing a lot, uh, you know, traveling around doing these live events. So I think uh, AEW's got some chances. Yeah. So I think, you know, whether the time starts ticking down on us or not, I think we're okay. Yeah. Um, I think this has been a great conversation, Big Ugly. And um, next one is 99. Um, on our way to 100, which will be either be in November or December. So everybody who's been a guest on this podcast before, look out. We'll uh, send out a Zoom invite, um, probably a couple different ones because it's going to take more than 45 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll do a couple Zoom invites and um, we'll make sure that everybody gets a chance. Maybe we'll send out uh, three different sets of Zoom invites, Big Ugly, to like the group A, group B, group C. doesn't matter what group you're in. You're not better than anybody else you're not main eventing you're not curtain jerking nothing like that we just need a long time to a hundred episodes is a lot of uh content to cover and a lot of guests that we've had big ugly right yeah but uh we'll do it and um we got a shout out to uh, one of our new sponsors venmo um for this podcast you know uh <laughs> if you need to securely and safely send money to another individual using their cell phone number or their email address um Go ahead and use Venmo. It's safe. It's quick. And, um, you, you, yeah, just do it. So <laughs> we're not going to see any money from that. But Big Ugly, you and I know why that be, is being yeah. said right now. Yeah. Um, and, again, thank you for everything that you do, especially on the technical end of uh, what we do here. Oh, you as well. Um, what do we got coming up? We got, um, you know, we said coming into fall, uh, we got um, Extreme Rules coming up. Uh, AEW just did their Grand Slam event in the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium in New York. So, um, you know, in October, there'll be the Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia. Uh, AEW is going to put on another pay-per-view in November. That's when Survivor Series comes up as well. Uh, Impact Wrestling, NWA Power, um, all kinds of stuff just happened. It's a great time to be a fan of pro wrestling. And yeah. go back and watch Peacock, man. It's some fun stuff. 
Absolutely. I love, I love watching, catching up on old stuff. So Absolutely. Big Ugly, what, what are your takeaways from today? What, what are your last words for our Dirty Ugly wrestlers, wrestling listeners today? Uh, I would say if you get a chance to check out the show Heel, mm. Heels, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, see what's happening with Survivor Series. And, uh, yeah, go Ravens, go Cowboys. <laughs> are the Ravens facing the Cowboys at some point this year? Are they? I don't uh, – I'm about to look. I don't think so. Have to look at that schedule. I know yeah. it's happened in the past, but I don't know. So I don't know. I have to look. Yeah. Because that would be a whole podcast in itself, you and me. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be, that'd be all right. But thank you for every Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast listener. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Google us or uh, Firefox, whatever search engine you have. Search Dirty Ugly Wrestling, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You're going to find us in 10, 20 different places. Even to our listeners all the way across the world in Japan and in between, we thank you. Racy Hawkins, we thank you too. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces.